is Green Room Radio. Welcome back. And if it's your first time, Super James checking in for another episode. Got True with me. Got the talented Domo up, hanging out. And a very special guest, Sancho from Viva Lux, representing Thank the Las you. Vegas Rescue Mission. Welcome to the show, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, dude, let's just start right away. Background. What, what, what are you guys working Sancho on? Sancho or Sancho? I've heard every Uh-oh. different variation <laughs> of the what, name. Hey, what, if you support, is whatever, the, whatever the, you want to do. Apparently, it's a bad word in Spanish culture. <laughs> is it? It's not bad. Yeah. It's, Why is that bad? It's like the it's like the other guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this uh, is a G-rated podcast. No, no, no. Definitely I mean, not G-rated. Is that the, how, how do the white people say it? Is it Sancho or they? Everyone says it's Sancho. But if you're American, yeah. you should you should say it's Sancho because Americans Sancho. say long A's, but everyone says Sancho. Sancho, I like Sancho. it though. Yeah, you would. <laughs> is, that, yeah, is that your real name or is that a stage? I was going to say is that name? is that on the birth certificate? Kind of what are you talking like about? A... Stage name? Of it sounds like a porn name. star name. <laughs> it's my real name. Sancho to, to the poll next. <laughs> 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 all, right, all right, we're gonna keep it G-rated for him. Uh, give us some background, man, and everything you guys have been working on, um, especially during this hard time for everybody. Yep. And everything that's going on with the rescue mission. Yeah. So Viva Lux, we just started a partnership with the rescue mission, the Las Vegas rescue mission. Um, I had, as I was telling you, been a few times to volunteer, and they had like this wonderful dinner service where they used to serve like between 800 and 1,000 people every single night. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was all they did. And lo and behold, I found out they have so many other things going on on their campus downtown. They have a men's shelter. They have a women's shelter. They have a full chapel with a pastor on site. So people need counseling or if they want someone to pray for them or anything that, like that, they've got that. They have a thriving thrift store. Try to say Ooh. that. Without <laughs> fucking thriving it up. thriving yeah. thrift store. And uh, they, have a, they have a fleet of truck that, that go out and they pick up stuff and donations from everywhere all over town, including a refrigerated truck for all of the food. Um, they just have so much going on. And they have a 12-step, 12 12-month 12 uh, drug addiction rehabilitation program Did you hear that, on Jane? site. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I I got in there. I thought they were just a kitchen. I thought, what a great idea. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can help them. Let's get a little bit deeper. Let's find out what's going on here. And I was just blown away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real quick, wow. shout out to one of our biggest sponsors, Mr. Eric Roy Law Firm. Yeah. Uh, I used to have seen him multiple times at the shelter. And I always wondered, you know, I see a, I see a lot of different people there, actually. And I always just wondered, how do you go about volunteering? And, and what is the criteria for that? Well, it's really simple. They, you go to LV Rescue org and um, you can sign up for a profile you just give your email and then once you have a volunteer profile you can see the whole calendar it's really easy see it on your phone you can see it when on you say any a calendar browser. so you have to actually schedule days because there's yep. different people yep so you'll people... see a calendar and you'll see all of the different shifts that are available to volunteer for is this a 24-hour operation or is it it is a 24-hour operation in the fact that they have all of these people that stay there on site but the volunteering part of it isn't 24-hour so they have volunteers join them for two things which is the meal service every day from 4 to 6 30 which is what i started out as and then they also have the thrift store so you can do a shift at the thrift store you can help you know pick up stuff you can do run the register all sorts of different um positions that and that that's all on site at the, at that's the all position. on oh, site that's a, that's yeah a lot yeah. going on there they've been around for 50 years they started with this tiny little uh this tiny little storefront mm-hmm. and um businessmen from vegas it's a gigantic um it's a gigantic uh, compass down there mm-hmm. what is, is this our website right here that we're looking at uh-huh cool so you so, got um, donate right there and then you got get involved and that's where you'll find the 
the login for so when you say when you say here. register so when they bring in the thrift clothes are they actually selling the clothes or are they mm -hmm. giving it to people? so people donate the clothes they do two things so they donate it to the people that are living there for free but then other people can come in and buy things at the thrift store and they use that as a way to raise funds Okay, so people from the outside. Yeah. Okay. A lot I of people watching. don't know that. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I've always heard, you know, like I've heard like a reflection of like the goodwill and it's like, okay, I'm bringing my clothes to the goodwill, mm -hmm. yep. but they're turning around and selling it. Yeah. So that never made sense to me. So so for the people in need, they're actually giving them the clothes, yep. but then the people who are kind of, I guess, still in need, they can go there and buy them. Yeah. Just or the people like income. us can go there and buy stuff and then they'll get more money to help more people. So it all goes yeah, back either yeah. either way it goes back to one way or to, the other to yeah. Mission. yeah cool cool that's very cool and then what 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 other types of stuff do they do there you said they had stuff like drug programs and... yep they've got a 12-month drug uh, addiction program the people come on site and they stay there and they get clean and they get counseling they get support to get back into the jobs and their support doesn't end when they leave so a lot of these shelters are just in and out churn and burn um uh, and this mission is just so wonderful because they have the support system there where they check on you when you leave, where they help you get a job and they see how you're doing. And they also hire back a lot of people into working in positions and give them jobs inside the mission, helping other people. Because what better people can understand how to give them dignity and how to be respectful and how to be supportive than someone who's already been through and graduated from the program. Definitely. So they have full-time counselors on there that, that you said. Yeah, they have a wonderful and, staff. Yeah, uh -huh. Valerie and Heather and, and the pastor. They're just uh, – they're, everybody's really How wonderful. many uh, people – how many uh, – What are the, I know when they say when they when they say rehab facilities, they say how many beds? Like how many people do, do they have? That's actually... a good question. I don't know exactly how many beds they have. Sancho. But there's like four <laughs> or five buildings on the campus, and there's got to be, you know, a couple of hundred beds. They did tell me, and it's my fault. I don't remember all of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and is that a is that a paid paid program? I mean, do no. people have to pay? Do they hit their no, insurance? No, it's free. It's free right wow. off the street. Yeah. yeah That's back, amazing. Back in back in my day, you know, everything was, you know, you needed to go to rehab. You had to spend twenty five, thirty thousand, and so I would always think to myself, like, but you have to be rich to go to rehab. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Like, who who that just, is in that position can afford you that? Can't just walk in. It and doesn't I mean, make sense. I hear nowadays, you know, they they you know they are accepting insurance, and there's a lot of bullshit that goes along with that. But this one, they're just taking people in right off right off the street. Yeah, you have to qualify. And right now, they're not so full. But another thing that I really wanted to talk about is the moratorium on the rent and the evictions. Because what we're really worried about is when that ends, there's going to be such a massive influx of people right. coming into all the shelters in town that they're not going to be able to handle it. Because right now, yeah. A, you have capacity restrictions, so you're only allowed to have 35%, 25%, whatever it is. Wow. But then, so that's because of the COVID. So that's because of COVID. COVID. The, yeah. And then mm -hmm. if people get COVID there, they can't leave. And there's a, there's a whole you know plethora of different restrictions and, and things that make it really difficult to get people in there. But then also there's moratoriums on evictions, which means a lot of the people that would be in shelters are still able to be in their houses. And then all of a sudden we're hoping it's it doesn't be, happen like that, but it could. It literally would be at one time if it does happen. Yes. Yeah. Is, is there other missions like this in town? Is, is there, this... There's there's so many. There's a lot of different there's a lot of different places. And we definitely looked at a lot when we were trying to figure out who would be the best to help. Yeah. for our 35 day, day blitz. So we're doing like 30 days of rescue where we're gonna be sharing it on all our socials. 
and changing all of our links in our bio to this to try to help people, you know, really make a push to donate. So, so the the company it's just called Vegas Rescue Mission. Las Vegas Rescue Mission. Okay. Yep. So there's other ones, and they're all at different capacities. Is this one of the bigger ones you would say? Yeah, I think it's one of the bigger ones. One of the reasons why we really like this one is because it's it's called an intact facility, and what that means is that if you go in as a family, and let's say there's the husband, the wife, the kids. A lot of facilities split up families. They don't have a they don't have a, the ability to have men and single fathers, for example. This is the only shelter in Nevada or in, at least in Las Vegas that you can have a single father with his kids there, which is crazy. Oh, and That's then good. when yeah. when the families come in, usually they separate the men and the women. You're able to stay intact in this facility, so it's 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 a big deal, right? They definitely each mission or each facility has their own niche and this one has a very special niche for me for because families. of the families and because yeah. of the single fathers man i can't no, believe that there's ones out there that would actually split split them apart that's yeah. that's is that just safety or I mean, well, yeah a lot of times it's safety a lot of times it's resources right so if you you need more security personnel or you need yeah. more money or you need more funding in order to have these mixed sort of uh facilities available and mm -hmm. it just it's so much it's really a lot of work it's a lot of expense and it's a uh, it's just a lot of, uh, they have to think about so many different things. So a lot of them just say, hey, we're just a women's shelter, which is great, right? And you need that. Right. And then, you know, these guys are like, hey, if you're, if you're a single dad, we got you. Mm -hmm. Whereas a, a lot of places will not take single fathers at all. Wow. So That's your crazy. choice is the street. Right. Yeah. Now, oh, besides wow. uh, besides the thrift shop, what are other ways people can help get involved, donate? You know, how else can they get involved with the whole process so you, and help so, out? Yeah. So you said there's trucks that will actually come to your house, like if you were to call them yep. and say, "Hey, I got, I got a fridge, or I have a pool table, or got you know something that's big that I can't bring in my car." Mm -hmm. They'll come pick it up, and we need help with the trucks. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. So the, yeah, what were you saying about the, the trucks? They have a fleet of trucks. There's like four or five of them. They have a refrigerator truck that picks up all the food. So many of the casinos really help a lot with the food and the water. That's Water's big. a big thing in summertime. Yeah. But the trucks are old, and they were donated, a lot of them. So we need help. We need to, um, we need to get people to either like maybe adopt a truck is what I thought, and they could repair just one truck Service. and do all the yeah. servicing and the maintenance right. for that. Or if they want to do more, that would be great. But, um, yeah, the trucks would be a big, big help. Yeah, I feel like there's so many auto shops out here in Las Vegas. I don't want to start calling them out by name, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure that they could probably work that in. It would uh, be it would be amazing. Yeah, but, yeah. That's for a, a good cause. Definitely for a good cause. What, is, what, what other things are going on in there? Is there any other? Man, so they are thinking about massive uh, construction. So a lot of the buildings that are in the campus, they've got, I think, you know, maybe six to eight buildings there. A lot of them are really old. So eventually, or as soon as possible, they are going to be torn down and bigger buildings are going to be built, which gives us more capacity and it allows us to help more people. How many people would you say stay there, like would be there now? Like is, you said there's a certain percentage right now. I think now there's a few, there's a couple hundred to a few hundred, I think wow. is, the, is the total capacity. So it's not a small, it's not a small shelter. The campus has, as I said, six to eight buildings. Just the kitchen and the training building is, is, is massive. Are they like dorm rooms or like what? It, yep. Yep. Or are people mixed with other people? They have special dorm rooms for different things. So they, they have certain areas for women and children. They have certain areas for families. They have certain areas for the, the single dads and the kids. Um, so there's a, there's a mixture of then the, obviously there's the, there's the rehab, uh, space where it's just those people. 
Um, and, and so that's, you know, you have to be sensitive of these different groups of people, make sure they have the support, make sure if they need to be separated, they're separated. That's a, it seems like a lot of organization there. What, how big is the staff um, staff there as far as just running the whole the whole? They have facility? they have quite a large staff, mm -hmm. um, and they're all they're all amazing. As I said, Valerie and uh, and Heather are our points of contact. They're great. The pastor is also another one. But they have security. Mm -hmm. They have their kitchen only closes I think between like midnight and four a.m. Midnight and six a.m. Mm -hmm. So that that tells you like they've got people in there prepping for the next day. That day, they have to serve meals for the people that live on site, and then they're also doing right now during COVID a takeout meal service. That's what I was gonna say too. So, so it's not just for people that are that are there no, on site. No, that there's yeah, they help are, a lot of extra people. Wow, that's big. Yeah. Now, if anybody like myself has uh, been to the Las Vegas jail for something, <laughs> something or another. Uh, is the food they're giving is it actual legit food? Because it's really nice. I have not been uh, in jail. <laughs> You're on there, buddy. I don't know what I don't know what the food is like. Um, they should be ashamed of themselves. Tell me what what do they what do they give you? Horrible break, stuff. Break, yeah. down, break down your I, menu. I hear, I'm thinking spam. Is that... I don't even know if it's food. I think spam might be that might be better. End. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's on the good. That's, yeah, oh, that's a so, really good. So wing. the meal. So the meals that these pe that these are they real chefs? Are yeah. they just volunteers? No, they're real. They're real chefs. They have people that are quality really food. Quality food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let me give you an example. So the last time we we did the service, you had um you had chicken chicken breasts and chicken wings. You had uh, like a potato with uh, salad with um, olives, onions. It was really, really healthy. They have a whole bunch of dessert options. They, well, had, they have a vegan menu? They didn't, they <laughs> didn't have a they didn't have a vegan menu, but they had two different kinds How of salads, salad dressing. Kosher. Um, and they and they had um, two different types of meats and pizza. Yeah. So it's Ooh. it's definitely you have like options and you and people come back and get seconds. It's definitely not like something like, where, like yeah. it would be something i would eat yeah sure. who, are, who are the people that uh so are there actual you know who, who does like who goes out and buys all this stuff does it get brought to them or a lot of it's donated um i i saw a lot of stuff from the sands corporation the win a lot of the big casino corporations i would assume is, with wow. those edrs they have so much oh, extra yeah, food yes. out of there like, <laughs> yeah. and it was great when COVID happened because what bottled water is one of the things they need the most so if you guys if anyone's listening Bottled water and underwear are two of the things they need the most mm -hmm. in the when summertime. You say underwear, men's, women, and children. All of everywhere. it. Okay. Yeah, all of it. So in the summertime, they go through an entire pallet of water every day, and what they do is they remember they service people that live on site as well as people that mm -hmm. live outside. So that's just for the outside people. They'll give out an entire pallet of water. They'll freeze half of it so that when it's 120 degrees outside, when it's 110 degrees outside, they've got like an ice block that will stay cold. Oh, and so then they they'll give them water to actually drink that's not frozen, and um, they'll they'll get socks and they'll they'll cut the sock and they'll tie it up inside of that and they'll like kind of tie it around them. So um, those are the two things that they that they need a lot. So do pe do a lot of people migrate there to this shelter? Some or? of them do and some of them don't. It's a new world for me. I, you know, we've been about a month and a half uh, working with the great folks over there, and I'm learning more and more every day. And that was kind of our goal. It was like, listen, most of the time we just go and volunteer somewhere mm -hmm. or we go and we do a food drive and that's kind of a surface type of thing i was like let's get a little bit deeper let's let's start learning a little bit more of how we can really help and that's when you start talking about building a, a vegetable garden is one of the one of the ideas we have mm -hmm. and i saw these the really cool i don't know you've seen zach efron down to earth on netflix 
they yeah. have this way of building on the side of a wall a vegetable garden where they actually put shelves and they fill the shelves with dirt and then they plant gardens oh, in them. Wow. and it oh, ends up the whole wall the side of an entire wall can be like a grain forest it's really cool so that was one idea that i had um another idea that i had was they have so many blank walls if we could get some artists together mm -hmm. and do some cool murals yeah. shout out to antonio antonio, antonio that's my boy <laughs> and sean michaels yeah. yeah art is life art is life I like that. so the whole thing is um it's funded from don i mean is there any government funding going into this or uh, yeah. is it all completely run by donations i'm not it? sure if there's any government but I, it's mostly donations wow. so i mean it, it sounds like this is a big operation it's a big operation and it's it's really it's we need a lot of a lot more funding because you have massive national charities mm -hmm. and this is a really local grassroots right, charity right. and the fact that we've been able to do so many things is amazing mm -hmm. and without that national funding it's really tough to grow yeah you know yeah. you have big big ones like oh so LLS they're getting, they're getting skipped America. over for those big corporations it's not that they're doing. getting skipped over but it's just harder for them when mm -hmm. you have a, a national charity that has branches in 50 cities right, you right. know what it's i mean easier it's easier to supply them and, and these, spread it out yeah i feel like you know we're we're in the in the midst of it like really grassroots well, and when so that's why we need the on. help we need the donations we need the volunteers mm -hmm. they would not be able to do it they, and they've said this in, a couple of times without donations and without the volunteers absolutely so directly on the website so say someone just doesn't have the time or you know yep. companies are busy there's just cash donations can go directly securely yep. on the, you know people get sketchy about you know donating to certain places like that yeah securely direct, directly yeah. on their website mm -hmm. and you can also do a monthly uh giving pledge as well Oh, wow. So it's right there on the top right hand when you. Um, so it's to the Las Vegas mission. It's not to Sancho's ketchup. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that, that would be weird. It's Sancho. Leave him oh, alone. My bad. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, give that so, website right. one more time. LVRescue.org. Very easy. And maybe we can put and that on the bottom of the screen. And where can yeah, everybody yeah. find you? At Sancho Van Ryan on uh, Instagram. Okay. Or VivaLux.tv. So we always hear stuff out here in Vegas. You know, you see, you know, obviously we see the homeless people. We hear about the people in the tunnels. Yep. Is it really an epidemic out here from what you've seen with this rescue? It, like, it is pretty bad. And it, it was very, you know, humbling and different for me to understand it a little bit on a more deep level. Because there's people who want their freedom and they don't want to live in a shelter. But they still need help. Right. Yeah. That's so, what. I, that's what yeah. I think is amazing that you said they can go get the water, get the food there. Yes. Because I, I, I've seen that a lot in working with places like this. Is where yeah, people, they, they just are. They don't want to stay there. They don't want to feel like they're in that category, but yep. they need the help. So. So let's pretend right now they have two hundred people that are on site living in all three of those different programs. Right. Mm -hmm. Right now, the meal service is serving four to five hundred meals per per service. So, on a regular non-covid night yeah. which is 365 days a year seven days a week they're mm -hmm. serving eight eight hundred to a thousand meals mm -hmm. every single night so that's and, counting breakfast lunch and dinner well they do that service for the outside just at dinner and then the people get i think there's a salvation army and then there's one other really good charity and they split it so they they kind of work together and one does lunch and one does breakfast and okay. the lv rescue mission does dinner but all on the property but, or is it at different they're locations? all on different locations okay. but okay. also they have to do breakfast and lunch for the people that live on site so mm -hmm. it's almost right, 50 percent, 30 percent of all those meals are for the people that are on site so and, what it, and what has their covid protocol been they've had to they've had to keep people so let's say you go there and you have covid 
you can't leave. So a lot of these people, they don't want to be there the entire time. They just need to come in for a week and they're like, I want to go back home or I want to go back right. to wherever I was. If you get COVID and you're there, you have to stay there and you have to stay in quarantine. So that's been, it's been making people afraid to go get the help that they need because they don't want to be stuck. Right. Yeah, they get test. They go there. They get tested, and they're stuck there for and they and the, have to be in period. a place with only people that have COVID or by right. themselves. Right. They so are they are be... they testing there? I I don't know. I'm a, pretty sure they are. That probably has to be. Yeah, they have to be. Yeah. Yeah, enter the building. Be, that yeah. seems like a lot. Oh, I guess yeah. When you get there, and then if so, if you check in and you get tested, you definitely get tested. I don't know if it's on site. I'll I'll figure that out. Mm -hmm. But you definitely what have if, to get what tested. What if you were a volunteer? Would you would you have to stay in there for 14 days? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. But I'm like, now I don't even know if I want to be a volunteer. I'm like, wow, well, I'm this is why we're this is why I'm we're just having trying this to trip them up here. Yeah, this is why we're having this yeah. conversation because so many times, right? How many times do you see, hey, we're doing a food drive. The only way you can help is bring food, right? Or right. hey, we're doing a donation drive. The only way you can help is donate. So, the reason why we got in deeper with the rescue mission is because we wanted to give everybody a way to help. Yeah. If you want to help us with the trucks, adopt a truck. If you want to give us a donation, you're scared of COVID, you don't want to leave the house, donate. Share it on your story. Share the link on your story. That is a huge one, right? Mm -hmm. okay. If you don't want to volunteer or you can't volunteer, and if you don't have the funds, a lot of people are out of work right now. Right. Right. Everyone that shares it on their story, 100 people, 50 people, 10 people, even if it's one person, it makes a huge difference, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then... There's other things. If there's big companies that want to get involved, they could sponsor a building. If there's artists, we want people to do the murals. We want the you know people to help out at the thrift store. So I really love these guys because there is really something for everybody to do. Whether you're a child, a man, a woman, you're old, you're young. No excuses, yeah. Super Dame. Yeah, yeah that's no, what we wanted. That's good, though. And especially moving forward as things start to open. Um, and like you said, as they're expanding and trying to, you know, freshen up the campus and all that stuff. There's... Do they have anything? What, what's that? What do they call that when, uh, uh, man, what is it called? Like a, like a, what do they call it? Like a big brother program? Or is, is there something like Well, it's kind of like, like you said, like with the counselor, the people that have, have made it out of that. and, and Yeah, and that could be something that's similar. I don't know if it's technically called Big like Brother. Home, like right. homeless like homeless children, I guess you say. Is there homeless children there? Or most people that there come are. in there? No, there are, but they're yeah. in families. They're with, yeah, they're yeah. with, with okay. their families. Yeah. So, so one something that's similar to that is so they'll have people that are in a specific program, and they give them a job while they're in the program. So let's say – you're in the rehabilitation 12-month uh, program. I don't know why I keep pointing at you. Because <laughs> <laughs> he belongs there. That's where he belongs. Yeah. That's exactly where I Right? And, and they will give you a job as a security guard, right? So you would be part of protecting. Don't make this guy the security guard. <laughs> okay, you're Not a bad, you. Yeah, bad example. You'll start start yeah, yeah. But, but everybody has something to do, right? right? Because the other problem with uh, certain shelters or with, you know, just sitting around all day is right. that's It's mischief, almost worse, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Do they have do they have a lot of security issues in there? Like, No, they. I mean, they have they have a lot of goodwill. I don't think they have a lot of security issues. Um, and, and I think it's because they have really shown thoughtfulness and they have really shown respect and dignity to people. And that's where you get the problem, I think. I'm not an expert in this, you know, I'll defer to them, but from what they've been telling us, they're so well liked in the community because of the fact that they that they do everything with thoughtfulness and they do it with respect and they, they're able to accept people where they are. 
and and that just takes a lot of work because I, think, I couldn't handle it. I think it's yeah. huge though, like yeah. you said, like keeping the families together because you think like if you you know you're already in a bad position, then you break up my family. Like you're not gonna go in there in a good mind state no. or yeah. or want to be peaceful harder. or you know what I mean? Who cares? You're, yeah, you're broken sure. up with your family, and so I think that's uh, that's big. Like you said, I, like you know. So you, what, what's you your favorite them. part about it? I love serving the meals. That's my favorite part. <laughs> um, just seeing the smile on the face of the people and being able to like ask them to give them a choice. That's my favorite part because they, they come down the line and let's just say there's four salads and, and I get to say, which salad do you want and which salad dressing do you want? Used to be and, able to pick. And, then, and then I'm like, you know, and then, you know, do you want cupcakes or cake or dessert or this or that? And that for me, seeing people excited and they're all so polite. That's that's my favorite part, interacting with the guests. So they're so they actually really appreciate it, you know. And yeah. everyone's saying thank you, and it's just you know, it's it's been such a crazy time, 2020, for so many people. There's oh, been so man. much depression. There's been so much mental health uh, issues. We've we've all been alone, you know, and or right. a, a lot more alone than we have been. And that was really kind of what what hit me in my heart when I first started working with the rescue mission. It was like my god this is a way that you can help yourself as well as helping the other people right. right because that aloneness those those hard things that we have to or have gone through and people continue to go through the depression feeling alone feeling unhappy unworthy it will change your perspective i promise you <laughs> when you go and volunteer right whether you come yeah, to help not, us do a well, mural i think right now it's it's really important because there's no nightclubs, there's no it's parties. Like therapy. Yeah, I was gonna there's say what, nothing, no obligation, what would an you, interaction. Like, what right. would you say to people? Because like that, I mean, you you nailed that right on the head. Because I've been I've been seeing different people volunteer for so many years. Yep. And I always say to myself, I see it, and I'm like, oh man, you know what? I should do that. But then I just don't. Right do, here, that, guilty I, as charged. Yeah. That, and I don't do it, and it's like because you just feel like for a second, like. Well, what do I got to do to do that? Where do I, do I got to go sign up on yep. this? So it starts to feel like a, a job or a hassle, and then people just kind of back away, like, oh, I'm just not going to do it. Sure. I'll do so, it later. So I think if people knew that it was a lot more easier than it appeared, they yeah, would want to do it's that. Really, it's really easy. You sign up. You see a calendar. You pick a date. You go do the work. I mean, it's very well organized. That's another thing that I really like about it. Super organized. You, you'd have to be super organized in a in a situation yeah. like you that, know you sure. and i have been part of mass massive uh, festivals and like ridiculous <laughs> you know yeah. four hundred thousand, and the organization is really crazy these guys they do a fantastic job really yeah that's awesome yeah no i've always seen it i have definitely like to get over there and take a look at, at coming what, down yeah yeah i'm down <laughs> all of you are coming down yeah we definitely us. want to check it out I, I like that idea and that how you touch on that how it's you know when you're out there helping it's not just who you're helping but almost you're helping yourself and, yeah you know you if you have yeah, sure. issues in the other way like you said just being around people in this time where you know a lot of us especially in the nightlife industry and all that you just you know just shut down yeah we're, we're human beings we're social creatures mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. what better way to socially interact with somebody than in such a positive way like so that's a we're not getting out or a lot of people aren't getting out and being able to interact with their families their friends like let's take me for example most of my family's in australia mm -hmm. with the strictest lockdown conditions <laughs> i haven't been able to go back right? are you australian i am australian oh wow from australia oh. didn't know that what, ha what happened to your <laughs> I accent you were like a oh man that's a he's like why don't you have a kangaroo that, that is a long long story <laughs> i was born in india my parents actually did volunteer work they were missionaries there for wow. about 20 years 20 plus years so you grew up there i was born in an american boarding school oh. 
and I was in that school till we went back to Australia, and that's why I don't have uh, the Australian accent. Whoa. Your answer, I had half an accent, a little bit of an accent. It wore off. Sure. I, my, yeah, we're all <laughs> <laughs> When I came here, but it wore off. It, yeah, because I al I was with American students right. and American teachers in that boarding school, so I had like half half. And then by the time I came here, it just it just gone disappeared after <laughs> like six months, a year. It's like a, it's like <laughs> a southern. me. Yeah, it's like a southern accent. Really? You know? yeah. I thought I had an international accent. Oh no, no, no not you. I was no, I was no, I was saying I I lived in North Carolina for about an eight year stretch, <laughs> so I had a real southern accent. Yeah, but it does go away once you surround yourself. Once I got over to yeah, I was De I was Detroit, born in I Texas, so my little twang kind of went away. Growing up, up in Cali. Howdy doody. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, little lady. So, so, so yeah, what, nope, it's gone. What else you have going out here? Yeah, out besides here besides the rescue mission, not to step away from that topic, yeah, but yeah. Uh, Viva Lux, you know, uh, let us know a little bit yeah, about, about your Viva company well, and what you got going on. We celebrated 10 years. 2019 was an awesome year for everybody. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. um, we're a great advertising agency focused on digital and events mm -hmm. so we've never really done a lot of traditional advertising billboards stuff like that but more content video social media yeah. and event-based marketing starting out with nightclubs and then graduating to festivals and overseas events mm -hmm. in 2018 we opened overseas we started mexico the bahamas then in 2019 we did europe with um, france and england so yeah i mean we went to uh, do a lot of stuff with jake paul we produced the most viral event of 2019, which was the wedding at here, which was crazy. That was a facade, wasn't it? Or? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that. He's, yeah, I, he's I, like, I, 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 I can't really speak I, on that. that but was yeah. the biggest orchestrated. <laughs> who, who was the girl again? Tana, Tana, Mojo. Tana Mojo. She's she's from Las Vegas and she's awesome, by the way. Yeah. Um, both of them are both of them are cool. It she's was on really Only cool, fans, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> check her out. Talk. Yeah, I'm actually I'm, I'm actually gonna throw this out here. So I so I myself, I don't I don't know what it is. I think it's just the the whole YouTube thing. Yep. I was actually I would put myself in a category where I was basically a, a Jake and Logan hater. Okay. Uh -huh. Just a hater in general. Well, I just, well, I had to ask myself, you know, like it's you know like what they're you know I see they're doing a lot of stuff in this boxing and yep. to me it's just like you know like when a Shaquille O'Neal says okay I'm gonna come over here and be a rapper yep. so I had or a that, DJ yeah, remember when DJ. every celebrity wanted Everybody, to be yeah. an EDM DJ well, still and uh, so I <laughs> SNL yeah. so I, I found myself and then you know you you hear them on the other end saying everybody's just being haters and then I you know yep. after thinking about it for a while I'm like you know what I don't even know nothing about these guys but don't know enough to hate them no and I'm like <laughs> and I'm like honestly, judgment yeah, yeah, yeah I'm like yeah. honestly what the what the Jake is doing I mean with with this whole boxing thing the more that I've watched him do it and the focus and the people he's put around him I you know I know several of, of their trainers Sugar Shane Mosley yeah shout out a, to Sugar Shane Mosley like, I, I actually Shane have family. I actually have a lot more respect for them and I'm like they're actually I mean they're they're doing it they're not you know they're not I, I won't weigh in on this I'll let Mike Tyson speak for me on this, <laughs> okay so when Mike Tyson said that the YouTubers and the YouTube community had brought back all of this new blood and new interest and new money into boxing Right. It doesn't get it doesn't get any better than that. Don't believe me. Believe the greatest or right. one of the greatest. Hey, did you right. see? I just I saw. Just I just did that. you see the other day? Uh, Dana White was doing an interview with uh, Mike Tyson and uh, that Zab Judah. Yep. 
And, you know, so they, they started to touch on, you know, Jake Paul fighting the, the Ben Askren. You know, and Dana White was like, well, you know, he, he picked a wrestler. Ben Askren's, you know, he's just a wrestler. And Dana White actually said, I will put, you know, and Zab Judah, like, actually started defending uh, Jake and what was funny. Oh, really? Was, that, yeah, and even, even Mike Tyson. I obviously didn't watch enough oh, of this interview. Even Mike Tyson. You know, when Dana White was like, Jake Paul is not a fighter. Like, Mike Tyson was even like, uh, uh, he was like, he, Jab Zuda's like, yeah, man, he, he can throw hands. He's yeah. like, I've watched him. I've watched him. Well, look train. who he's training with. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, I'm like, I, he's I, got you know, legitimate people. Yeah, he's taking it serious. But then Dana White threw out the comment. I will put up a million dollars that he gets beat by the wrestler. And it was it was funny because Mike Tyson and the Zab were like, oh, my God. And I just saw a little splurge. Like sketchy of, about it? Like, like no, they, they were, they were just like, oh, here's this guy. Yeah, just saving. Yeah. Uh, but, I, listen, know, I think it's going to be I think, gonna be I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a good fight. I think yeah. it's going to be his hardest fight that he's had yet. I oh. believe a lot of people doubted him and kind of uh, what's the word that I'm looking for here? Just dismissed him. Well, I'll, I'll yeah, it was like a joke. Like, right. No one took it seriously. I'll, yeah. I'll say this: I said when he when he fought the basketball player, yep. and I don't. How old is Jake? I don't. I, don't I think know. he's 24, 20, 23 yeah. or twenty four. So you know the basketball player, he won three slam dunk contests, and I said this. I said this to Domo. I said, "You just anybody as a normal human walking down the street, you are not going to be able to beat." A pro athlete's ass like it's just not gonna happen right. if it like, was real if the fight well, was that's real. the thing is it could come down to conditioning and you know what well type i, of shape I just said in, right? you know and i mean the nate robinson's a little bit older but i was just like okay this guy's in the nba he's been training his whole life yeah this other guy yes he's athletic but he's not pro level he's not a pro level yeah, yeah NBA but athlete. Uh, uh, but again Boxing is boxing, and I mean that's he's being the magic. That's, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. magic, right? Yeah, yeah. There. Domo actually thought she's like, what if, what if that was fake? And I'm like, that was. A I pretty, still believe it's that, fake. That was a pretty <laughs> big I fall by that. Money, money, it's money, fake. money. I think real boxing because is fake. Because this, this is my opinion why it's fake. Okay, Jake Paul. Okay, he's a big YouTuber, <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, this pro basketball player is going to beat him. No, no, no. These are some rich kids from Calabasas. <laughs> they got that money to make sure they ain't going to lose. You know okay, what, well, though? Let, let they... me answer you on one yeah. down because okay. now I'm getting fired up. One, they're not <laughs> they from Calabasas. Or they're, wherever. They're, they're Ohio from. boys Ohio. who wrestled yeah. all through high school. So they're, there's the athleticism. They are okay, very athletic. Okay. But you're right. NBA is pro national level. Right. They, they national. were pro national level. Okay, so the second part about it is that Jake and Logan have been boxing for three years okay mm -hmm. now i tell you that fight is a completely different fight if nate robinson trains with sugar shane mosley for three right, years right. it's a different fucking yeah fight. i saw yeah. he's okay I, that's what you're not seeing here right. they are they are trained at a pro level he's training with that bj flores i saw jay leon you know, bj yeah. i'm not i'm not like a super like into sports like that but jay I'm leon saying... love he he was really big he was one of mayweather's yep. fighters he's training with them and like I said, I thought the same thing looking at the fight. You know, the Nate Robbins was like, oh, I'm just going to go out there and, and beat this guy's ass. And, yeah. and he kind of looked like he was trying to street and fight. I'm, I'm not quite sure that Ben Askren really is ben the Askren, guy listen, that All that I hope, you know, like, do I, do I, if I had to call it right now, yep. Jake or Ben Askren, Jake 100%. Jake, yeah. Now, the thing that I don't want to happen is for him to, to beat this guy and then be like, oh, I beat the UFC. 
because I'm like that Ben, Ask no, ben Askren is a no. horrible rep. But you know that's what's going to happen. That is. Yeah, what's that, oh, that's what good, they're going to take. It's yeah. good for the sport of boxing. Maybe not good for MMA, but it's good for the sport of boxing because right. it's just the drama that fuels all of this stuff. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't go anywhere without the drama. So think about it. UFC took, I don't know, 10 years, and don't quote me on this, to get to a million pay-per-view buys. Jake Logan, KSI, and Deji sold 1 million, 1.1 million pay-per-view buys on an accidental, didn't know what we were doing, fight in Manchester Arena, sold out a 25,000-person stadium. And Just that, think about that. that. And that that's is insane. respectable. I'm not saying that that's not respectable. From a business standpoint. Well, yeah. that's, yeah, that's why it goes back around. Everyone's welcome to have the, your your different league and right. whatever you want. I'll, I'll value your opinion. If you're a wrestler or if you like MMA or if you like, you know, real traditional boxing, power to you. This is not that or it isn't yet that for sure. Yeah. But from a business standpoint. You know, and you and I didn't grow up with YouTube as an app on a smart TV, and so right. and so for some reason always, we think it's not as good. I'm I like, always, if I had a HBO special versus a YouTube yeah. special, well, I was I'm gonna choose HBO. I choose Paramount. I choose CBS. Why? Well, that's what you know. Said, what, how we grew up. Yeah. What do you think? They're you know like they come off as you know from being from Ohio, they come off as California kids, and then I'm like to have an audience like that. What 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 do you think their audience range is? Is it people? You know, ten years old to eighteen is it's it all, older? It's, it's all, all over the place. It, it's really all over. Because now place. it's like kids on their cell phones. Now it's it's insane. Their you know, kids are their most vocal um, audience segment, but I'm pretty sure the eighteen to thirty four to thirty nine demographic is their biggest audience. Still watching, yeah. but still. the most vocal have always been the younger ones, and that's why people say, "Oh, it's just kids that like them and stuff." Because that's all they see. Yeah, you have to understand from a from an influencer point of view or from a real full celebrity point of view you want to mix with as many of these demos as possible because every time you do an mma thing now you grab a bunch of fans from there which weren't your fans before mm -hmm. then you did an nba thing you got a lot of nba people started Correct. following you now you're part of the conversation then it's uk versus usa where you have you know the deji and the ksi gamers versus the the snapchat vine white kids from calabasas <laughs> right that's a great rivalry and that's a great segment that you never would have had before so it's it's really difficult to tell right now yeah i just need to see yeah, more the, the hard thing is is I, I actually saw when uh jake was calling people out he was like i'll fight my brother and i'm just like man i'm not interested uh, in don't, that. don't do that don't but you gotta understand too that's like that's their they get people riled up and that's how they are where they that's are that's how fights have always been in right. any in any yeah how yeah. boring would it be if people went to the weigh-ins and were just silent and didn't yeah. you know hype each other up or hype the teams up drama yeah. is what it's all about so entertainment but no but so i'm, I'm not on that train anymore i, I was definitely more hating a hater and i was like you know i was like you know what they're they're doing they're doing good i think haters are good because they're the fuel for your fire so i think everybody's haters and we're all we all have them and you know instead of saying oh my god it sucks that people don't agree with me use them as fuel to get out there yeah. and accomplish what they said you couldn't do and but I also yeah if here. you turn someone that that was against it's, it that's like a better fan than someone that well, was with so, you from the beginning because oh, then they Gary really Vaynerchuk, believe in you yeah gary vaynerchuk does it all the time well, there's this guy him, and he yeah. swears and i hate him and now oh my god i fucking love him yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. All I watch yeah. Him, man. you <laughs> yeah. just got gary vaynerchuk <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that is what it is that's great yeah no that's exactly that's exactly what it is with those guys but you know you have to go in their perspective i'm like these are very you know he's <laughs> a very young guy then like how would you how would you act if you were like 
in his spot yep. with that kind of money and with these kind of opportunities. That fame I mean, and that popularity. I mean, that, that that's a lot to deal with, yeah. you know, especially like you said, two guys, you know, Ohio's very simple people just like Michigan. So, you know, that's kind of, I'm sure they're probably The American in. dream, right? <laughs> yeah. I just, Ohio I State. I just need to see like a real, t- I'm not saying Ben Askren is By the way, sh- shout fighter, out to Ron Nicoli and all the Ohio boys from uh, from the Las Vegas nightlife. Love oh, yeah. Too. Didn't, it isn't, uh, I, I thought I seen, it is, did Ron, he took a position with uh, he's a in, resort he's world? He's in charge of resort world, yep. Wow. Resort see, I thought, world. So I thought you could probably shed some light on this. I thought I heard, I mean, this was years ago. Uh-huh. I thought I heard Jesse was going over there. Was I, there a... Flipper, I can confirm or deny he said, either. He said, that, next topic, please. Uh, <laughs> next month. It's opening. It's opening in summer. Yeah. Now, do you think oh. they're? Do you think they're worried? Like shit, we're gonna open at probably like the worst time, or it could be. The it best might be time. the best time, though. It I think it's it's about time. to go. I don't think yeah. they're gonna be worried at all. I think there's gonna be so much pent up demand, and I think they're gonna be the only new property to open on the strip, kind of like the Cosmopolitan was. They had ten years without another big property being opened on the yeah. strip. I remember Jason Strauss said that when Marquee opened, and it and it's uh, I think they're going to do really good. Genting's a massive company; they're they're they've got a massive market cap, and they know what they're doing. A lot of decades of uh, really good customer service and hospitality. Here's here's the real question: Are they going to beat the win? <laughs> that is the that now we can get Wait, into some that's, drama here. That's not the win. Hey, that's not the hey. win. That's not the hey, win. I've, I've already it. heard. Yeah. Hey, I I've already heard. Like I always say at the end of the day, and, and I don't know where Mister Win is or what he's doing these days. <laughs> oh, we know where. But he I'm is. like, but I'm like he's at, only at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Uh, where he no at? Way. Where he at? At the end of the day, I I say even behind the scenes. He is not going to let somebody open across the street from him and beat him. Oh, yeah, we'll see what happens. There's, there's and and I've already heard they posted up like the wind has the property to the left of him. Yeah, and they're already building. I've heard a there. lot oh, of uh, I've heard a lot of big names being thrown around. You know, most talent contracts have been canceled out here because of the pandemic, and I've heard yep. a lot of big names being thrown around of. You know, getting. Uh, this is what I love. Way. This is what I love because <laughs> me and you love EDM so much, yeah. right? And I just love. I love the inside scoop of what happens in entertainment because people don't realize that it's it's such a giant machine here. It's not like regular nightclubs all over the world. It's not just a manager or a general manager and a marketing guy. You have an entire staff. You have an entire division for PR. You've got marketing. You've got operations. You've got VIP services. You have general admission. You have the promoters. You have all of these it's a, things. It's a you have an army of people, yeah. and it's such a machine. And for me being an event guy being a a guy that loves edm and loves you know i guess what you call it i call it show business not hollywood show business but it it really is a show but that's what vegas changed stuff because you got you got talent here that literally only festivals could afford before you know you don't you 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 don't see a tiesto in a nightclub anywhere else in the world like people don't it doesn't happen yeah yeah, especially now yeah what people don't realize i was just saying this around the world so when somebody like tiesto when he would come to Detroit, yep. it was one time a year. So right. meaning when he came, you weren't missing that show for nothing. Yeah, now it's like living here in Vegas. I'm oh, like, yeah, we're like, so spoiled. Eighty <laughs> percent yeah. 80% different people here every weekend. It's right. it's such a tourist-driven market, and it's it, to be able to see that beast and how the industry people navigate that, it's, it's really cool to me. I love it. I am a, the biggest collector of nightclub memorabilia, <laughs> hats records t-shirts whatever it is i want to collect it 
from EDC, you got to give me some stuff. Hey, I was, <laughs> hey, you know, you know what's crazy? So before I even knew you, another collector, what you are, is pictures. How are you getting pictures with all these beautiful girls? Oh my god! <laughs> I was seeing oh, yeah, you. I was yeah. seeing you in pictures for like four or five yeah, years I before I even knew you. I'm super. I'm super into, or I was before COVID. I took a break from social media for a year, but I re I love pictures. I love media. Obviously, being the head of a of an advertising agency that specializes in digital media, you know, I kind of found a career doing what I love to do, which is, you know, seeing the smile on people's face when you host a big event or a massive wedding or a festival and being able to be there three months ahead of time and doing all the little nitty gritty stuff like, you know, you got to build out the VIP decks here and the stairs are going to go here <laughs> and the porta potties are going to go there and we're going to have thir 35 security guards and all this different stuff. And then being able to see opening night or the event night or the wedding or whatever it is and see Actually that, that venue full of people and what, you know, I think women do this with houses really, very well. They can walk into an empty house and they'd be like, okay, there's going to be, a, there's going to be an accent wall there. There's going to be this there. I'm like, I don't, I can't <laughs> not, do that. Not Domo. She's like, there, this is going to be a not camera me. room. This is going to be a, <laughs> yeah. oh my a Samsung I got, I got fridge over here. <laughs> For me, you show me a warehouse or you show me an empty field or you show you see me the a casino <laughs> and I can see the end result well, it's, it's it's like what you said with going you know going back to the insomniac guys like i sit back because in detroit i would do the same type of festivals but on a level of like 1500 people so when you see three four hundred thousand people you're just like how the fuck do you wow. organize that shit like yeah. from getting the dj flown in to getting them from the fucking airport to the venue to the stage to the like how there's so many i don't think any consumer realizes the months and oh months of God. like mm -hmm. yeah just little stuff like yeah. that like like ground transportation right? those, you know what i mean those guys Hotel like, rooms. how do you even how do you forecast you know traffic and, and getting <laughs> these crazy. guys from point I mean, a to you got to liaise B. also with the with the police with the fire with medical i mean it's it's got to be a huge, yeah those hospital routes snapped out yeah and... i've walked by <laughs> several times at the EDC and you look in those hospital tents. It's like a, it's like a war room in there. And I'm like, oh yeah, who's triage. Yeah, I'm this, like, who in the hell? Water on everybody. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yes. who, who's in charge? No, more of like this? Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Anyone remembers that? Just movie. Yeah, but thank those people because no, that's what, no, but what I'm saying lives. is it's, yeah. it's a shit show, and those guys have a full time job yeah. dealing yeah. with. Imagine. You know, the biggest thing is how do you like? Where did my friend go? Yeah, <laughs> like that's what that's you know, why also... is there never cell phone reception? Well, because there's 400,000 people in the yeah. space, it was yeah. only built for like 1,000. Why is there that many people also here? The drug safe people, I um, oh gosh, that there are no drugs in festivals. Yeah, yeah. what do you what mean? High on life, drug safe. There is the documentary on yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So, um, it was the same. It was the same title as that Michael Jordan documentary. Remember, they they were talking oh, about yeah. the the last the, the last, last dance. dance. The last yeah, dance. Um, yeah. so that was a really great documentary that it actually talks about EDC back in LA before they came. Oh, really? To Vegas before they got kicked out? And then it <laughs> at talks, the Coliseum. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that was my, my first one was two two thousand eight. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was really interesting. So they basically made it where it was safe. You know, okay, there's so called no drugs. Hey, but there is, not doctors checking the drugs. Is, you're, you're good. There <laughs> is some drugs that go there. And yep. so um, you could go to this little tent 
Really? And they yeah, can they actually would, they test, test your them. pills to make sure. Without arresting you? And then give them back to you? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. And give them back. Yeah. yeah that, that, they somebody, do that in Amsterdam, though. Yeah. Some, I don't know somebody, if we're getting into that, a bad topic. Yeah, I was like, no, yeah, yeah, that's kind of. It's so. actually, um, if you look it up, The Last Dance, it's on the ED, EDC culture where it started in L.A. Yep. Um, I suggest highly everybody check it out if you want to know yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if you want to know the real culture of EDC because Vegas is a whole different like um oh see I would I know what you're saying yeah I thought there was an episode of the Michael Jordan documentary oh no no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> like, so I keep saying what? I didn't see it I didn't know it actually it's got the same name it actually came out the same time together and, and I, it's both and I called think, the last thing yeah and I think yeah. The, oh, yeah, like, I think the Michael weird. Jordan documentary got a little bit more hype but it was it was kind of underrated but it's I mean, a very okay, good story. Okay, I gotta watch this now. You have, you to, do with have EDC, to. I gotta watch you, it. Like, how do you go well, from the bull to the If you are a raver and you're about the culture, you need yeah. to you need to check out where EDC came from. Because yeah, I you, come from you, the LA scene. I was there 2008. Riverside. I got my ass lost. Yeah, we, we came from Riverside. <laughs> what, there's but. a good song, right? It says Riverside, motherfucker. Riverside, motherfucker. <laughs> Sydney yeah. Sampson. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's that Tupac drop. You know, I have, R I met him here at Surrender and I have a signed uh, photo of me with his vinyl record, Riverside. Oh, yeah. That's big. Just, I'll bring that in next so time. So a little Sydney fun fact. That was actually oh, wow. um the riverside in the uk but riverside i have no California. idea no no no, so. no that People... drop that drop is that's from tupac that's from the juice movie is, is it that? yeah i have okay. no idea yeah that's from okay juice. well but... now i know but you know what? Riverside people were proud of that. Hey, so, yeah. so there's a there's an actual EDC jail. Really? Yeah. Which I saw that. That was fucking we're petrifying. On site? Have you on also been to that one? Uh, I, 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 I was yeah, going to say, how are the meals there? there? Hey, haven't went, yeah, haven't went to that one, but I can tell you what. Nobody in that motherfucker's eating. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely not hungry. They're just, they're just chilling. Hey, they'll, they'll take that bottle of water, but though. No, there's this, there's they're this, eating handcuffs. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's, there's this unforeseen thing that I learned at EDC. So... If you if if you're coming in, you know you yep. see whatever they have the event security, right? Right. And so, the event security, they pat people down, they find stuff, they basically throw throw it away or throw it in this bag that some yep. insomniac guy comes and picks up and takes and off and then sells it out front. But I always said, I always said, okay, this guy right here, he just had five pills in his pocket, and they made him throw it away. But here's the police ten feet back. So I had spoke with somebody at Insomniac, and they said the reason the police stand back like that yep. is because they're expecting that. And if it's a cop standing there and they physically see the drug, oh, they have, they to, have arrest. to arrest you. Yeah. So they're, they just stand oh, really? back, and they let the security do their job. And then if they have an issue, they step forward. But that's why the police stand behind well, them. Well, can you imagine if they really arrested everyone oh, that be, they found drugs they, on? They, they're, where are they oh, going to put them? If they searched everybody yeah. thoroughly, Listen, there'd, be, they, there'd be 20 to, people at EDC. To be honest with you, the, the jail doesn't want to deal with <laughs> I that. Know. That's what I mean. Yeah, they, not you got a bunch of it. people like, I'm just trying to find yeah. my friend. <laughs> it's like you said. It's like you said. It's the safe. It's the safeness. Yeah. 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 So speaking so. on events, though, what um, a Life is Beautiful. Life you think it's going to happen? I, I'm sure it's going to happen. Life is beautiful is going to happen. I saw Elenium on there. I'm super fucking psyched. Dope lineup. Cash Cash is and on there. Fisher. Uh, it's, like, it's really dance heavy. Uh, did we it's, just say Young Thug was on there? Uh, or, there might have I think been. Young Thug Yeah, the Young there. Thug was on Little there. Baby. But it was, uh, I yep. don't think that was on Billie there. Billie Eilish. There, it was really dance heavy, though. That's because like, that's the only hip-hop artist I know. He just threw it out there. Nope. Gotcha. 
So. It was. It was. Um, I, I think it's good. I mean, um, what about EDC though? Very you, exciting. I, I, I feel. I feel like you know that's far enough out that I, it's I got happen. the. You think uh, EDC uh, happening? They said EDC happening. I'll let. I'll let. Uh, sing yeah. So I. Uh, I got the. I got the email saying it was happening in May from Levy. Right. That's next but month. But then I con. Or yeah. One more I contacted somebody uh, from Insomniac, and they be- actually I didn't contact them. I actually looked on Pasquale's page, and he said that uh, if. For some reason, it's not ready to go in May. That he does have backup dates, so he's basically saying it is going to happen. Now, do I think it's going to happen in May? I, I would say no, just because that would be the first large event of that magnitude. Someone's got to take the hit. And yeah, I and he's. EDC I think. Yeah, yeah. No, Pascal, he's down. Like and, he, he's and down Coach, to take Coachella, it. I know he's down. I just, out. I just don't know if they're going to let him. Right. Yeah, the it's fact the that Coachella, they, have Coach, to say Coachella opted out sometimes. You know, that's bullshit. First of all, why do they have to opt out of the entire year? I think think that's horrible. I think it's because they come with major artists, like major. Well, that's going to be the other issue is the artist side of it. Like you know, artists. You know, it's going to be. I was just talking to someone about booking a show the other day, and um, you know, the the overhead is going to be so big now because you got to think. Everyone on the team has to get tested. Everyone has to be vaccinated. Everyone has to get tested before they leave. Like, can you imagine at EDC and you end up with COVID and they're like, you got to stay 14 days. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah but by day, three, by day three, they'd be like, listen, you got to get Yeah, you here. got you. It's fine. You're good now. Hey, like, the, the, the greatest thing that I've always seen with EDC that I absolutely love is just like we would be doing our loadout from our things. And people would just be coming out of crevices, like, yeah, yeah. like oh, really? under the bleachers, yeah. under the bleachers, yeah, under like, the bleachers. And, and all that. You can't catch shit. them all. So yeah, hey, you, I, I, imagine I, just waking up and there's a NASCAR race going on, and you're just like, well, wait, well, what, what, what happened? It was very nice having you, Sancho. We Thank have, you we have so another guest that we got to get get in here, but uh, we will definitely support this mission. I really appreciate it. Uh, please and stay what on. What is that us. website again for the rescue? Las Vegas Rescue Mission. Um, uh, dot, dot org, I dot org. Okay. and um, we'll put that in the bottom and, as well. And yes. I think you need to. I think you need to stick on us and make sure we get oh, there. Oh, because, I will. Because it, it's for it's, the next thirty days that we're doing thirty days of is. rescue. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you guys will get sick of it. I gotta also shout out um, the fabulous Project Fabulous and Project One Hundred. They um, partnered up with me to bring volunteers and to bring awareness to the rescue mission. Um, and and they're re- a really cool, uh, a really cool charity. And what they do is they they fight to bring awareness to uh, mental health and other issues that are affecting the community a lot right now with COVID and, and everybody awesome. being so. Wow. Shout out to those guys and uh, thank you guys for having me. All right, thank you we so will much see you, man. for coming Have a great by. One. Appreciate you. So, uh, True, are you going to Life Is Beautiful? Or are you going to EDC? Dude, I, I don't even know what I'm doing next week, let alone fucking don't even know planning for tonight. September. My, my son was like, Dad, can you buy me tickets? I'm like, <laughs> we don't even know if it's going to fucking happen. Yeah, really. You know? Anything more than two weeks away, is, it doesn't count. Yeah. I feel like how everybody's just ready to party. That's, what I, that's how I there. feel like everyone's like, everyone's going to be scared to go out. I'm like, no, nah, once, once things are going on, it's going to be all in. Like, there's going to be the biggest, second half of the summer is going to be the biggest summer in Vegas. Ever. Yeah. So hey, so we so we we have another guest on the show. Who who's this? Is this Uncle Jimmy? Uncle Jimmy. <laughs> walked into a party. Man, I mean. uh, kind of. Look at, <laughs> yeah. look at that necklace. He must be from Riverside. Huh? Ah! <laughs> Here we go. He's coming in with the bling. Here we Jimmy, go. Jimmy, where are you from? Uh, originally, Cal- right at the California Oregon border. That's 
Crescent City side, then over on the Oregon side. Okay. Southern Oregon, kind of. Little Oregon Trail. Yeah. A little bit yeah, of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, it's right up there, way, way Pacific <laughs> Northwest. You remind me of woods. one of those. Those you remind me of one of those little weed farmers out there. You, uh -oh. you uh, got that, some crops out yeah, there. There, <laughs> were, there. There was nothing legal back then, and there was a lot of farming. There's <laughs> a lot of smoking too. <laughs> it wasn't legal, but there was farming going That's on. Where, Is <laughs> that where you were, Domo? You said when you were trimming, was that Oregon? I was. Were? I was in Oregon. Yeah. Well, that's what the Humboldt, the Cave Junction area, that was like the Mecca of the United States back in the 70s. So Humboldt's Oregon? No, well, it's just no. close. close. Yeah, that's the it's a triangle. It's, just, it's real close. There's mm -hmm. yeah. similar climates. The coast. It's beautiful out there. Yeah, so how's your, uh, how's your uh, COVID life been going? Well, um, I slowed down a little bit. I do some retail, too, and that kind of closed down a couple times. But it kind of stayed open for the most part. So my main stream of income continued through it luckily we had a little bit of a wave but uh socially as we all know it kind of took uh, a couple turns but uh what oh, do you yeah. think are you thinking you think i, I feel like um in april 100 percent. i think everything i think i it always just, said i always said when it. pool season comes back in march madness i i felt like it was gonna it, it's gonna it's gonna turn the corner but is bikini I, season you think that's gonna that, yeah, those, you think uh, the ladies were gonna be? Uh, you think the bikini companies are gonna sell matching mask? <laughs> matching mask? Uh, well, I, I, I'll tell you, <laughs> us uh -oh. ladies are preparing. Put it, put it this just way: I don't. Case, so. Yeah, I don't want to go to a pool party and fucking everybody have a mask on. Put yeah. it that way, like that's. <laughs> yeah, they say critical mask and flip flops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. only like ten percent of a movement for critical mask to go. So I think we're already. I yeah. think critical yeah. mask is it's gonna pu pull right through this. So months. what's going on with this? Uh, so uh, so you got a got an issue going on. Uh, I don't know if it's my issue, but it's I think, not, it's but, not your but, issue, but I think but. we've uh, noticed uh, something else during this COVID time with all this downtime and people being isolated, and a lot of people are finding uh, hobbies or maybe not so good hobbies. <laughs> and, right. Uh, I think a past lot of times. <laughs> past times. <laughs> past times. Yeah. Well, I think people that so like I think people that drink, they're probably drinking more now that they're home all day. Like I said, you know, during a pandemic, I'm like the last thing that I want to do is either be drunk or especially do a drug because I'm like a drug would intensify the pandemic that much more to me that, you know, but I see a lot of people have, you know, I think uh, that wave of, lasted for like a couple months now and everyone was just like, fuck it. There's nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's yeah. rage like at the house or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I uh, came into Vegas about. About this time last year, maybe a little bit later, and every, every that's the, that's when everything was shut down, mm -hmm. and then people were kind of finding themselves into certain houses, and and that's mm. there was no clubs, there was no right work, there right. was and and then everybody just you mean like party houses? I would say yeah, like party houses. And, okay, uh, yeah, there, like, there like is happy. a lot of <laughs> no, there is a lot of private parties going on now because yeah. of the clubs. It's like the, there's always in Vegas been like the after hours to the after hours, and it's yeah, I mean that's always gonna be there. But I, I think yeah, definitely intensified with with nothing being open. And I, th and I think uh, maybe uh, the subject we're moving into is like some of the. Some people actually didn't know how to handle those times, and they kind of got a little extreme with their partying, drinking, mm -hmm. and other mm -hmm. things. And and some of them really didn't know how to handle it, and they got themselves a little bit of trouble. Mm -hmm. And we have some people I think that we all mutually know or have been around, and we kind of giving it a little attention now because it seems like, wow, look at this epidemic. I know Dr. Drew talked about this. Or not Dr. Yeah. Drew, Dr. Um, Dr. Phil. Mm -hmm. he, he, he forecasted this right in the beginning. He says, 
Hey, if you shut everything down, you're going to create this whole other epidemic. Right. And I've seen that, that might be even worse in the in the and, long run. And that's what we're here. Makes you wonder, like, is that by design? I mean, was that by design for that to happen that way? Or right. Yeah, it brings up a lot of questions. Which, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the one you know, the one thing I know, obviously, you know, we got a lot of mutual friends that are going through some very serious issues, and I think everybody definitely has at least one family member or somebody at home that has these type of problems. And so you try to figure out ways to, you know, I've, I've watched it for a long time. You know, you see a friend kind of going down the wrong road. And I know that when I was in that position, you know, n no friend or relative or anybody was going to tell me, Hey man, you need to chill out from what you're doing. Like to me, basically I had to f actually physically see really bad stuff happen around me to be like, you know what, maybe, maybe I shouldn't do the, you know, maybe, you know, that could be me next or whatever. So I just wonder, you know, I mean, obviously we, we know a lot of mutual people and it's like, what do you do when you have somebody like that and they're out of control? And, you know, you, there's just, you know, one thing that I've learned is there's no getting through to them. You know, I mean, we've had friends, we have family members and it's like you try to you try to put yourself in their perspective, but it's hard to. Because, you, you know, you don't really understand what they're feeling or why they're doing what they're doing. You know, you, you only hear what they say. And a lot of what they say is a lie. Well, you I'll know? tell you my experience. Um, I had a father who was addicted to drugs, meth specifically, um, since I was 13. And wow. I... That was really hard when I was 13 because I didn't understand it. My dad was in the military and he was very like, uh, you know, working all the time, very serious. And it took one person. We had a family friend come from the Philippines and he brought it. And literally my dad, my dad just fucked his whole life over, quit his job, started doing it all the time. And it was like. Um, you know, my mom says it was like a nightmare and you think it would get better over time and it got worse. Like, yeah, if no one steps in, it, well, it really is escalates. like it, it's for life. It's, yeah, it's, well, what's, it's a very long, what's crazy is, is this meth train is definitely going on out here. Like I was, you know, some people brought it to my attention that, you know, a very close circle of mine, you know, like. We're, we're saying like anywhere from 10 to 20 people that I've hung out with over the years and whatever. I was told that they were all on meth and I was just shocked because I'm like, what? Because I mean, they're, you know, they, they don't look a certain way. They don't. And I was like, I asked my friend, I was like, you know, if all these people are on meth and I and I've hung out with every one of them. Why didn't any of them ask me to do it? And they would say, oh, because well, they were too embarrassed to. So I'm like, so this is something that they do in hiding. Like this is like I, I didn't get it, and it's I did such not. an underground culture, and it's been that way for a long time. Yeah, and I mean, it was just shocking to me because you know something I that I told Domo is I said a lot of these people like I, I see them all the time, and, and you know to be in Vegas and to be young and they're they're, they're kind of trendy, so it's kind of like a thing they're just out or they're up for several days at a time and what i told her is i go you got to fast forward that shit 10 years yeah these are going to be junkies you know they they don't look like it right now they they look like you know the the in crowd in vegas yeah. but you fast forward it they're going to be junkies and the other thing that's happened in like 2006 they started taking uh, a lot of the in the pharmacies a lot of the uh things off the shelves that people were using to make meth oh yeah and what happened is it uh, turned into uh, the cartels took over 
and now they're making it cheaper. Uh, they're making it more pure. It's ninety nine percent pure, and uh, and they're and they're it's, it's all coming up through Mexico, and they have these veins. Certain cities that are like um, sub um, areas that weren't even drug cities. It's it's a huge epidemic in well, a lot. That's of That's what I've I, you know I've always heard because you know I, I I think I've done a line or two in my life. <laughs> uh, but people say you know that it is cheaper, and they say that you know especially for all these tourists that come here on vacation, they will sell you meth as coke. You know, and it it you know like I said, so I I can't even say whether I've done it or whether it's I way haven't. cheaper. That's why it's a go to. Well, that's what people. well people used to always say like they would go. Oh hey man, I I think this is cut with this, and right. I and my my I, I would always say why would you cut a drug with a drug that doesn't make sense, mm -hmm. but then when you find out how much cheaper meth is than coke, then it's like okay now yeah, that profit. makes sense profit yep. yeah, yeah you hear that clubs ecstasy cut with meth you hear you hear, you hear oh, yeah. the clubs all the time yeah but the oh. issue with meth in the behavior that it turns someone like who uses it for a long term or even just like, you know, who begins start to using it. it. It's a very horrible like change of like, you know, just actions, uh, personality. Actually, my father who did it for a really long time, he actually got diagnosed with bipolar. Mm -hmm. And then that's a whole other thing that it's you, like have, a chain, to, you yeah, have to chain deal reaction with. reaction that turns permanent. Like bipolar, mm -hmm. um, and it's it you know it's it is for different people, but that is um, it's like dealing with a nine year old child. Well, you what's know? what's crazy There's about it major is major mood swings. She, she would tell me about you know I met her dad uh, several times, and she would tell me about these behaviors. And you know you I would look at her dad, and he looked like just a very simple, clean cut military man. And I'd have a hard time. So I mean, it it just shows like I mean there could be so many people that you don't even know. And, and it's very, looks can be deceiving because, I mean, he didn't look like, you know, from what she described, he didn't look like that. You know, he looked like just a very yeah. normal military. It wasn't until this year that I've actually experienced it for the first time, actually seeing the stages, the psychosis stages and, and the bartering stages. And if they get back on and, and, and they go through this tearing up their house mm -hmm. and I didn't know it all existed at that level. And I think you have. Yeah. Oh, what oh, oh I have. I have what dealt a, with what it. What is a bartering phase? What does that mean? Well, they, uh, I think in the seven day period or maybe longer when they're, they're kind of coming, they're, they're becoming clean, the detox stage or they, um, they want it. So they're, uh, so they're, maybe, maybe they don't have access to it. They have different ways of talking to their friends or family. They're members. willing to do whatever the fuck they need to do to, to get, get it. it. They're manipulating. They're trying they to. Will fuck over family they and will rob steal lie do whatever it takes maybe. to get to it where they might not really be an abusive person but they oh, might yeah. get more aggressive oh yeah, yeah all kinds of bartering and manipulation to get so i hear the bartering and then what what are these things like i, I one of you guys told me i forget what it's called when, when they when they build stuff what, what do they call that the the oh, it's, you had a they term get for obsessions it. It with building the altars altars or yeah. the rituals yeah he called it the, the altars i think you've you've told me the rituals yeah, of just building it, random shit it, it's and it's it's really just anything like tearing apart tvs tearing apart computers did my dad he stacking used, things he used to do this thing where he would put on like um medical gloves like everywhere like it, it wasn't like anything and then he would like tie his shoes like three times just to like 
do the next step. Almost like an OCD thing, but it, it was That's like what I'm saying. It's it was to like, occupy the mind basically. It, yeah, to, to it was like yourself. You one thing move I can to the say. Yeah, one thing I can say is just from my drug use, and it's never been in that field of meth or anything more than just the normal stuff people do. It did create OCD to the next level. I guess I the dopamine drop with the meth is through the roof. So that has to go somewhere there. And it's it is a constant like paranoia. Like my dad used to put like cameras in the house and then he'd yeah, play it back. Sure. And you'd be like, look, it was, it, you know, they did this and it was just static, you yeah. know, but in his mind he was. I think that's something. one of the things that really, really lingers with that, with that, that type of person is that that paranoia. Is yeah, like, like my dad, he used to like write on a piece of paper. Like I remember, I was like, I was like in middle school. My dad would like write on a piece of paper, and then he'd like put it on the TV. It was like the news was on, right? Mm -hmm. And then he would be like, "Oh, it's like." The, the government, I work for the CIA, like they're they're communicating with me. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? And then he was like, see, see right there? Like she just said that, that line was for me. And I'm like, dude, like I, I didn't, like I didn't know what the hell he was talking the about. The old school TVs, we always would say it was the black and white people fighting the static. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they see you. But, <laughs> hey, but you know, but one thing I know with, with drug people, and I mean, I, I mean, it goes, it's, it's probably in that realm of when these people go through this paranoia phase, you have to realize it is so real to them. Oh yeah. They, that, you know, like, not like, like what we just did, it's, it's funny. Like, you know, to the outside friends that are around, we laugh. We're like, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe you're doing this. It's funny. But it's like to them, it's really not funny. You know, something I told her about her dad is I was like, you know, when you have to wake up every day and your whole mind is set on you have to get this shit. I'm like, that is a horrible way to live. And I'm like, and they have to live this lie and have to go through all these motions to get to the thing. And, you know, like I said, when you see younger people doing it. It's it's funny when you see older people doing it. It's like, oh, my God, they're th this person's a junkie now. But, you know, I, I get the paranoia thing. Like, when, when when they're paranoid about something, people laugh because they're like, oh, my God. But it is dead serious. And they you know? think somebody's in the walls, somebody's in the attic. There's cameras on them. You slept with their boyfriend, their girlfriend. Oh, oh yeah. I hear, I, hear, oh, I hear that a lot oh. with, the, with the... You know, relationships are really hard. Um, you know, my dad, to my mom, was always, like, thinking my mom was, like, having an affair and whatever. And it really, like, my... Like, my mom had no time to even do anything like that, but it was just that drug just really, like, it, it gets in their brain. And it actually ruins their relationships with a lot of family I've members. Or sometimes, you know, another worse thing is, like, when I was growing up, we had a very, like, tight, like, family. I'm still very tight with my family, but it's, like, when this drug problem came... A lot of family members dismissed it and were just like, I don't I don't know what that they is. They don't know how to deal and, with it. And so they, they, they just they just didn't do anything about it. And they just felt that we, you know, the initial uh, in, uh, family is supposed to deal with it. And as if it would just go away. Yeah. And when it didn't and when it got worse and we would reach out to other family members, it was just like. This is your problem. You you deal with it. And it, it really is. It's it, it, it will fucking break anybody and it's it's really hard and that's why it's like you know even rehabs like you know you can have your family member check into the rehabs but even those are really shifty sometimes because 
you don't know how strong like even the people working there they could be good but it's the other people that are coming in yeah, are they yeah. serious yeah, about yeah. changing There's or are they going to influence and, that, and that's the thing yeah a lot that, of them, more a lot bad of them behavior. Are, are in and out so much where it's like it you didn't have that t- you know uh, someone that's that addicted can can be clean well, for 60 yeah, days and go right back to it yeah and somebody you know you know somebody that no that's exactly right like somebody that's you know, say on a on a thirty day sober thing, and then they're constantly watching these people relapse. I mean, their chances of relapsing are massive. And my dad, I mean, he did this one. I mean, the one time that it was really serious was like he was so paranoid he called the cops on himself. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was like he thought somebody was after him, and then you know they found it, and unfortunately he had to go to jail. And it was just like. Then there's the in and out of going to jail that in like eventually they start to choose the criminal life and jail is not as scary as they thought. So it's, it's like yeah, it's, normal to it's a revolving well, door. It's it's just it's, I think it's jail. The, the reason that they they become accustomed to jail is because their structure. So even though it's not a good structure, they're structuring you. Or when you're in the outside world dealing with this you have no structure yeah so i mean as much as i think you know when they're in there they're like man we want to get out of here i think they actually like the structure and you're you know essentially it's a rehab you know it's not a rehab you want to be in they're not trying to help you by any means it's just cold turkey it's just cold yeah. turkey yeah. and so domo have you noticed like as a significant other like like the mother or whoever like the person i know or know of a few people like the codependence and the uneducation and they don't they don't see it coming have you seen like a lot of they don't really know what to do and they think they're helping but maybe they're not well my mom um my my mom helped my dad a couple of times like flush drugs down the toilet to protect him when he would do these stupid things when like uh cops were coming and eventually like me my brother and my sister like we were just like you need to stop like you're enabling him you are he's getting away with it right and it just came to the point that it was like my mom was helping him go to rehab my mom was helping him like do like the medication and stuff but then when it started to affect her that you know he was getting her cars repoed my mom went through bankruptcy my mom you know had a lot of issues like where she almost got her her job lost didn't you say something about like bringing home gypsy people too yeah that that's another thing too like my dad started to like um he was um attracting like he would just attract these horrible people like uh, uh, that were hanging around like gas stations or like you know homeless like uh, panhandlers or whatever like because he knew that those people can find drugs yeah but what he would convince us is oh these are my great friends we're we're real <laughs> oh, we're yeah. real we're real <laughs> homies right i saw right through all that bullshit but yeah. um you know, eventually my mom had a breaking point and the breaking point was that when it got to the point, like my mom took all that shit, would bring him to rehab, would do all this. But then when it came back that he actually started to like get violent with her or, you know, do really disrespectful things um, like, you know, um, bringing those people in her home and it started to make it very dangerous my mom had a breaking point where she was like i have to divorce him and i have to go and what i did is i stepped in and i said okay look mom like you do your life 
I'm gonna take care of him so you could do your thing and when my mom started detaching then it was like it, it he really started to see that you know without her it's gonna be hard but you know my mom had to live her life and and you know that's he, it, eventually it's like you got to stop but unfortunately my dad chose drugs and these people didn't even have these behaviors before like the, the groups i know so like whether they become aggressive or violent or these are my new friends these are all brand new things that they just make up they're brand new things and they're things that are going to be happening and it, it gets worse the more that they do this drug now my dad um i had a kind of like heart to heart with him uh, where I looked at him and I just kind of like, you know, I, I told him a message and it made him sober up, get clean for eight years. My dad stopped for eight years and we thought, we were like, oh my God, this is awesome, you know, because it's also alcoholism, you know, um, that was also a problem. Well, they, Alcohol. Always, they always say one thing leads to one another. One thing, like when you take away one addiction, you're going to get something else. So when he was off the drugs, he was doing alcohol a lot. And then it was like, oh, I'm going into rehab for alcohol, but I'm, defi I'm, I'm definitely not doing it. And then it just took something where it was like some type of major event and he just relapsed and, and he went right back to it. It was just like, I you know what, fuck it's, it, it's like I, money I'm just going to do that. The thing, though, with the money thing yeah. is my dad was really resourceful that he was getting government money. He really didn't need to work. He had a great amount of, like, I mean, I, w I was like, yo, I'm fucking hustling my ass off. I wish I had this money coming in <laughs> the way that you had it. Yeah. He had it lined out, but. What's crazy, too, it, is it, people. It was drugs. The, the, it was just, like. The you know these it didn't people, matter. these people on meth, how they can figure out to even manipulate, you know, like what she was saying with her dad, manipulate the system to actually the oh, system dude. is paying, paying for more, the paying more money than yeah. people make at their regular my, jobs. My dad, he might have been like on drugs, but he was like the smartest fucking like drug addict ever. Like <laughs> he he fucking knew how to get it, mm -hmm. and he was um and actually like my dad uh, sometimes when he would check in. He would have to tell them he was suicidal so he could get a bed. If he didn't tell them he wasn't, if he told them like I wasn't suicidal, I think he said they would only hold him for like one day. So oh, get that. I saw like my my dad was just like really good at it, but it's like it you know. Do you think this epidemic? Do you think do you think it's big in the IE? I feel like. I got huge. Dude, I was gonna say I got huge. off this I got off this exit Bear Lake Road one time. And, <laughs> and dude, I, I thought well what yeah, was, what I was, that is. What was crazy that is. it was like fucking zombies. Like you'd see people in suits, you'd see sweatpants people, and it was like literally like zombies. And I'm like, what in the fuck is this? And my friend's like, These are all people on meth. And I'm like, Well, what are, what are they doing? And he's like, They all push up towards the highway because they know people, you know, going back and forth from California are gonna stop. So that way they can ask him for money or for whatever, you know. But I had never seen anything like that. I was like, this is fucking I nuts. mean, it, that whole San Bernardino Riverside area, I mean, it's, it's had it a lot. But I'm sure, I mean, I think anywhere. It's that anywhere. This, this, I mean. Yeah, but I'm saying this this really pushed that to the next level. You know, I think about here everyone in being Vegas, I think they said Paris, California is like one of the highest like really? meth epidemics. Paris? Yeah. it's there's like there's nothing it's like, there. It's there's, right next to. Like Marina um, Valley. Marina right Valley, Valley, yeah. Yeah. There's but nothing. I, I shout out to the uh, Hooters that 
Domo worked at. Where was <laughs> that? Besides, um, <laughs> wait, where is there, there's a Hooters over there? Yeah, there is a where? Hooters over there. Where in Ontario? No, 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 Riverside. Oh, okay. Yeah, Careful, Marina yeah, Valley. Ontario. Marina Valley. Get your ass beat again. Um, <laughs> I actually, uh, I had to move out of Riverside because uh, a lot of my friends, or, or there was some friends that you know from high school and I, I was partying like with. Small they tapped into that stuff, and I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, at all well, you know what's weird is the circle out here and the people that i know that are involved in this it's like glamorized like i see these people you know pumping each other up and you know oh we've been up for three days and shit and i'm like what doing what yeah, like why way more secret now it is a little bit more glamorized it, it, more it mainstream like, like it, it's yeah it's like it's it's just like what they do and you know when you become a part of that it's like you, you don't realize it because even when you're not a part and you go now you are a part you know, because, I mean, I've gone to some of these parties, and, I mean, I haven't done the stuff. But me just showing up, being there, I'm a part of what's going on here. You know, and it's 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 a very, like, once I realized what was really going on, it was very uncomfortable to be there. And, and not even uncomfortable, but dangerous. You know, I would go to these house parties, you know, after these after hours. Yeah, that's all And bad. you just look around, and, I mean, there's, like, pockets of people that they don't even fucking know each other. And they're just in, <laughs> in and house out, together, in and out. And yeah. I'm just like, this is fucking dangerous. Like, this is, I mean, anything can happen at any time. And, you know, so I was, I, I parted ways with that whole lifestyle. And during this epidemic, I think that's what we're talking about. Like, with your dad not maybe having sense of purpose, nothing to do with this epidemic, all these houses, it kind of... Uh, that happened even a little bit more often or a little more concentrated what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. With everybody kind of acclimating and gathering together and they're finding each other. And Well, the thing that I, don't, I can't understand is there's been we, – we have multiple people who have, like, passed away and things have happened to, and it's like the party just goes on. Yeah. And, I, and I see these people, and I'm like, do you guys understand that the, your friend just died and – you're still doing the same shit that they're doing or even suicide yeah i mean i I mean i've seen it out here time and time again and i'm just like but it's like you said though it's like it's they're not really it's not like a group of friends it's a group of people that are enabling each other so they're you know they don't they don't care about the next person but if you're doing it too or it's cool for you and me then it's cool they're they're embarrassed for people that aren't what i can't understand is they're like well you know what they they just did too much like anybody can do, anybody can do too much yeah. but i'm like but that's how they play it off like well they shouldn't have done that much or they went too far and it's like nobody has a you know when you're partying like that anybody can go too far yeah. i mean there is no whatever but they move on from it rather quickly you know? back to what you said about the enabling each other some of these houses you know that the term's been coined the, tra- the trap house so yeah. a lot of these trap houses are exactly what you said they're enabling each other New people come in, that certain pocket where it's kind of cool, and then they're all, it's kind of like a breeding grounds. Yeah, you're just, yeah, you're just trying to, I well, mean, it's basically give more customers. And I mean, even on this tip, you know, and, and we're talking about normal people, but there's actually people out there that are celebrities, which, you know, what, what you know, when you see a celebrity and they're in this pocket, you want to do a shot with them. You want to do a bump with them. You want to do whatever they're doing. So therefore, they're even more at risk. Because they had, you know, because people want to be around these type of people. So they're being enabled even more than the average person. You know, other people might just be like, whoa, we need to stay away from this guy. But then if you see somebody, a celebrity or somebody that you look up to, you're con- they're constantly going to be coming into people who want to give them whatever they want just to kind of be in their circle or whatever. And I mean, it's a it's a it's a bad thing, especially Vegas, kind of the perfect storm for all this. 
you got a little bit of the celebrities. You got a lot yeah. of, a lot of, a lot of mansions, a lot of, a lot, lot of house parties, a lot of COVID. I think, <laughs> I think what a lot of people like, you know, it may be fun when, oh, I, I want to stay up with all these people. I want to, you know, party with that guy who's like a celebrity or this girl. But what you don't understand is like dealing with like a family member who it that problem snowballed into a major addiction and then you have to like really that person who has that addiction problem it it really affects the family it affects everybody well you're basically parenting an adult now that you've already parented now you're parenting them again and that's exactly what it is where it's like you know people think oh i can just do it just when i'm going out or just you know I'll now, do i've, it just, I've it heard stories like and i mean i've heard people i i know i know several people that you know have said to me you know that they have done meth and they might do it and they might go home to their normal thing and then they just stop but i'm like you know i don't know what percentage of people i mean every case that i've actually seen of people dealing with meth i feel like they can that's like one of those things that just doesn't stop. Yeah. But yet I've had friends say, oh, yeah, I've tried it. And it just they were able to quit. No problem. You know, and then if they once. do go to rehab, maybe, you know, Domo's like, um, do they like I've heard there's the good group and the bad group in the rehabs. Yeah. Right? And you want to be able to like, I mean, you'd think the whole thing's healthy, but I've heard that. Um, that might not go so well. Well, you're actually, it's, well, you're meeting the party not. crew. No. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's like, like you said, like you're putting this mm-hmm. addict around a hundred other addicts and especially so, new ones coming in. When I used to visit my dad, um, these, like I would slowly like be meeting my dad and then these people or whatever, they would try to like come introduce themselves to me when I'm hanging out with my dad. Like, Oh, me and your dad were like really good friends or whatever, but I'm like like purposely giving them the side eye because it's like they just had a bad aura, they just had a bad vibe, and then and then my dad's trying to like you know vouch for this guy, and I'm like, okay, I could see right you through your exactly guys' bullshit that <laughs> you know you're the fucking bad apple of why my dad's not getting clean, and of course it was just like rehab really is up to that person like it doesn't matter about these counselors or whatever if you are going in not trying to get better oh yeah you're just gonna go through the ropes and you're gonna get out minute you get out you're gonna relapse it's just the motions of doing but if you genuinely because i think you went to rehab and you decided Oh, I you did, made your choice. My my that... thing was that's why I said when these people that we've known have committed suicide or died out here, I'm like that to me would be a defining factor. But I had everybody like everybody in my ear from parents to girlfriends to brothers sisters, nothing resonated with me until one year I had, you know, I had my best friend proof, you know, get shot and killed. Same year, a guy MC Breed dies of kidney failure from partying. And then my brother goes to prison all in the same year. So it actually took me looking at that and being like, holy shit, this is my whole circle. What's going to happen to me? Never was a counselor. Never. All these people, like when I went into rehab, that didn't mean shit. It actually took like something bad happening for me to physically see it and be like, oh my God, like, I don't want that to happen to me or this is coming really close. And that's what's crazy about Vegas is we've seen multiple people like commit suicide or or drug overdose. And like I said, I'm like, is that not 
enough? Is that not What like... about the flip side of that? What if somebody thought like, well, if I have a dog and they had a dog or if I got pregnant and that way that'll give that person purpose. It, it would, it's, if they don't, I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, it, how much purpose is that? Is that purpose that, or is that a responsibility? It sounds dangerous. That, yeah, it's just okay, I'll tell you because my dad did have a dog <laughs> and, and, you know, they got a dog. You know what he did? He would not feed that dog because yeah. he was like, ah, oh, well, you know what? Uh, the drugs over here. Drugs. <laughs> God, I gotta go there. So um, I really don't think that there. Uh, you know, when you're talking about someone who is heavily attached and addicted to this drug, they're gonna choose everything over this drug. I used to come home from school like me and my brother would pay a PS2, like that was like the big thing. We come home, our fucking PS2 sold. Like, just little shit around the house is Dang, sold. Dude, like, I bought my dad, even like our pet, like my mom had like peppers, um, you know, like the peppers holder. My dad fucking took all of those and he was smoking the shit out of there. So it's like their mind when they're on that shit, they have no reason, they have no logic, they give no fucks if you're their fucking blood family. Their wife, their sister, their brother, it don't fucking matter. Whatever you got. And actually, like, I have a PTSD a little bit. My dad would take shit from our house that, like, things that were valuable, I real like, now I have a thing where, like, if I'm ever at somebody's home, I always, like, hide my shit. Even though they're not she those type of that. people. I still That's do crazy. it because... I have this thing when I was younger that my dad would take the good shit and fucking sell it. Sell it. Yeah. And it's like, that sucks that I still to this day feel like that. But it's like you, you know, all these bad habits condition the people around you and it's terrible. And I think they think everything's theirs. They're in this, such a state of psychosis. Anything they see, I don't think they have any sense of time or sense of what's the, somebody else's, what's theirs, and they just take it. It's funny you said about the smoking. I know somebody who... Smoked a black widow spider and gunpowder, and like it was like nothing. Like, I mean, that's well, the, that's the thought is is like where, <laughs> I mean, is there a, is there a crazy. rhyme or a reason to a black widow spider? I mean, yeah. or was it just it was because, just there? Well, you yeah, have to like, understand this drug makes them feel very superior. They feel yeah. almost like godlike sometimes, or well, they the, feel like they can do like they they're so strong and they can like. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Growing up, you know, your parents would always say, "Oh, stay away." You know, like if there was you know a bum or somebody like, "Oh, stay away from them." And you would look at these people, and yes, they do appear very harmless, but yet they are so dangerous. Yeah. You know, and I mean, there's there's different levels of danger that these people can because I mean they're just not right. It, it's mental health, and I mean, you know, I think we're gonna see a lot of stuff. You know, especially when you're dealing with, you know, athletes, a lot of stuff in football, you know, with all this, what is it called, CTE and stuff. Like, these people are dangerous. And, and you know, like I said, it, it's it's like, what's their tipping point? And what could they do? And I don't think people think about that while they're trying to help them out, you know. But it's like, this person can kill you 100%, you know, even, even a bum that seems harmless. And it's just a, it's a crazy thing. But, I mean, I, you know, I've never had that in my family but i've seen it in vegas is definitely a, and, a mecca for you know this. when you're dealing with somebody who like you know for me like he's my dad right I, I love my dad's like so much that i would do this but when i would have to talk to him i would have to talk to him like he's a, like i'm his parent and i i like i wasn't nice and so 
I think when you're dealing with somebody who may have some like notoriety or is in this party group and everyone wants to be, you know, homies, you can't talk to him like your homies. You have to literally talk to them like stern. You have to be very, very like, well, that's you, like I, you can't be nice. Like, and who cares about hurting their feelings? Well, that's what I said about hurting. your, from what I noticed with your dad, something I saw, you know, I'd see the way you and your mom would talk to him. And I was like, you get to a point like it's almost like you lose your manhood because now you're in a state where you're not out dating people. You're not driving a car anymore. You're not doing the things, whatever. So it's almost like you lost. He you lost, lost all privileges. Your privileges. Yeah. You're too paranoid to be in a lot of your normal social circles and situations. No, the, the problem why I had to talk to him that way and, and, you know, for other people who are listening is like I had to talk to him like because he would lie he would do t tell me everything I wanted to hear when when he was so good on his best behavior I knew he was going to go get high and so that's why when he would tell me things I would even double check with him I'd be like are you telling me the truth or are you fucking lying and and you know eventually we had the relationship where you know and really, even if he was, wasn't was telling the truth or was telling the truth, I, I didn't know. I still had to look at him. I still had to pretend like he was fucking lying to me. I've been re recently in a situation where we even hid the phone, car keys. I even put a booby trap on the starter to where there's a toggle switch okay. to where okay. even if he got to hold the key, he couldn't start yeah. the car. That's yeah. some Oregon shit if you know. How to do <laughs> <laughs> I like, don't even know how to like, do that. I'm like, now he's yeah. suspect. Like, yeah. are you on stuff? <laughs> who, 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 who would think of that? But That's I know what you're smart. saying because yeah. it goes deeper than even what we're just saying. There's Way like, deeper. Like, I didn't, you know, like, I've seen the, the kids, like, you know, in, in our, you know, age group or I guess people around Vegas. But then I also seen her dad. Even though I didn't see any of these things, I just heard the stories. So I'm like, you know, I see, I feel like I'm seeing the beginning. And then I see the end. And so I see where, you know, where these people are heading. And, and that's what I said. Like right now, it's they're, they're the popular and and the cool kids. Ten years from now, they're going to be leaning in, into this bad pocket where they're going to be the junkie or the person that can't even take care of themselves. It's the junkie or the criminal the lifestyle criminal. that they will choose. And, you know, it's only up to them to decide if they want to choose a better life and get over this this habit i think where i'm a little different than you i'm seeing beginning stages of what i've been exposed to but i think you've seen a lot i've more seen stages. the worst oh the worst i've the seen worst. the worst and it Peaking keeps going and going and going and, and it doesn't end well sometimes no, no i've had to visit my dad in jail numerous times i've you know I, i've done the whole system and all that you know for me like even though like we've probably talked about like drugs and whatever i'm actually very like responsible when it comes to these type of things that like she's a responsible drug shut <laughs> no no i'm not i mean but just you know, you know um like recently <laughs> recent, safe, safe recently drugs. someone had asked like you know because i would dance in the strip club and they would ask if i did drugs in the strip club no i i never did it i never needed a drug to work in the strip club or even at work period because it's like uh, you know, but I don't, a, I don't need a, to. But that's a stigma, though. Everybody thinks that dancers come 
from Sick. drug homes like that, and that's why they're in there doing what they're doing. And a lot of them do have and to there be is a lot of them doing it in order to even be in there, you know, working. And that's just a. I just think that with I love, I my love dad's club, with my Same. dad's um, you know, <laughs> addiction, it has taught me a very valuable lesson. Well, and I think uh, the information you have that's the most valuable almost is like your mother's position like what advice would you give somebody who is sitting like in your mother's seat right now because you've seen all these stages i, I, w- seen the I would tell them what my mom wished she would have done sooner you need to give them the ultimatum e- even if you don't like think like even if it's not real to help them believe it and let them know yeah, you're, you're fucking checking yourself in or we're over because Going down the road that my mom did, it was not worth it. Like, yeah, well, this was not something worth it. I remember during the thing. And like I said, I didn't, I only met her dad a couple times. But something that I saw was, like I said, they were very, you know, they would take him back in or whatever. And I would always say the thing, you got, you just got to let that person go. Well, if, if, if we do that, you know, they're going to do something and they're going to end up in jail. But sometimes that could be that's the, what's that, needed. That, that could be what. Yeah. It's like we went it's back not, to the it's, friends. It's not a good place. It's but. enabling. It's well, enabling thing, no matter what it is. The thing that's really hard with families, especially like if it's like you know wives and whatever, um, there's an embar- There's a shame. Uh, my mom had a shame. I think all of us had a shame for a while that we were embarrassed to be like, oh, our my dad has this problem. You're trying know, to keep it, it in the house. It, we were trying to keep it in the house yeah. so much that it just, you know, boiled out. I used to actually stay at school as much as possible. I, I was like, I did cheer and gymnastics. So I would actually stay as much as possible for practice because I just didn't want to go home because going home was like hey, dealing well, with that I tell that you shit. what, that made you a great stripper. I was just going to say the gymnastics paid off. Yeah. <laughs> And that's just a shed, right? light, shed right? light on this very dark yeah, subject. You but there's not it always a, a silver bit. lining. No, uh, you know, I mean, there there isn't. It isn't, and and also too, it's it's very easy for like say like I'm I'm my dad's uh, child, so it's like can addiction run in my my habits? But um, it's very easy for people to fall in line with, like, a, a parent who's done that type of stuff. But I, I chose not to. But, you know, there may be families where that's not the I case. I feel like every family has somebody in their family that is has some sort of addiction problem. But I was told that very young. What? You know, my mom and dad would always say, hey, you know, you, you come from a very highly addictive family. Your aunts and uncles are drug addicts and... And what I've been seeing in the research, that, that adds to it. I mean, there's so many different scenarios of where they fall depends on their past addictions or or they sub, subject to be bipolar or how long they've been on it. And it, it can Well, the thing that I don't like is, you know, it's just like anything else in, in life. It, everybody's quick to the, their answer when you when you do get this person to rehab or a hospital. Their answer is we're going to put you on A, B, C and D. And it's a whole nother addiction. Yeah, it's it's by it or and and too like you can't treat every person the same. No. there shouldn't be a. a, a and the plan. issue, the, so the issue with the bipolar is there is no cure for bipolar, and so when you get when they are assigned these medications, your their bipolar their body will um, adjust to it, and then it will actually um, you're always having to change their medication because. 
this it gets immune to it. it it gets immune yeah. to it it learns okay this is what you're taking i'm gonna fuck with you this way <laughs> and um you know the the mood swings so my dad had um manic uh depression so he had mania so it was very extreme extreme mood swings and so sometimes when it was like really really good like that was good it felt great but then it's like you knew i knew that 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 really bad anger on the way is coming yeah yeah, yeah i think it was dr b there's some things online you can there's a lot of information online that, that one school of thought is start with uh, maybe some meds right away but some say wait six weeks to three months so that they go through all the Stages, stages. Coming down. yeah, yeah. Otherwise, just that you can't even diagnose accurately. Yeah, right. And most but likely, whatever, yeah, whatever but, they give you at that point is not going to work. But it's still in controversy. Months. Like, there's still doctors are saying this way or that way because well, there's the, so many variables. Well, the whole thing is, is these people will tell you that you know that they are sober. Or, you know, I always laugh because every time I, I, I don't laugh, but every time I come into contact with somebody, they'll be like, "Hey, I've been so sober for 342 days," and I'm like. You, you counted all the days <laughs> like that tells me that you're not so yeah that's a, yeah, because that's a if you were so you wouldn't even fucking count that like so each day you talk to them that's what they say so you don't really know when they go sober and, and then even when they're telling you i think you know in the family end you want so much to believe them that you start to believe them it's just like i feel like when you go in and they diagnose you and they say hey you're bipolar they're basically brainwashing you maybe you're not bipolar but now you think you are yeah, because they, they told you, you and were. then you're stuck in that. that and they add to that, um, I've noticed. And tell me if you have this notices too, Doma. Like everybody in the circle, the family, the friends, everybody's confused. And then well, I they don't. They, they don't know who to well, blame. They, they don't know who to. They're confused because it's a, a, like this person is changing. This is a completely new person. That person that you knew, he's not that person no more. Like my dad, I knew what the dad I knew. He was gone when I was thirteen. So, it's um you're confused because you don't understand all these different habits. And then hopefully, I mean, I don't know if there's a personality changes, but even my dad's bipolar started to turn into schizophrenia, and he started talking to himself, or he started to do like lots of weird things, staying up really late. So it's like. If you're confused, you need to go to professionals and you need to start getting educated and learning what you can do because yeah, it, I actually couldn't you're believe, in for a long road. Yeah, I couldn't believe like with her dad, I couldn't believe that people still at that age still party like that because i'm like man i mean i'm i'm not that old but i'm like every time i party i'm like i'm like am i gonna like i'm fucking dying inside like and i'm like i can't imagine being 50s and 60s and you're still doing the same thing you were doing 30 years ago like how does your body even take that like even like i used to give my dad cannabis because i thought that that helped it sort of helped and then eventually later we actually learned it was actually not helping as much Weed and it was actually gateway. making it not quite <laughs> no. it but it was it, it wasn't good for his bipolar that was really crossing over to schizophrenia that he was also taking these meds like it was just a, a, a lot of extremes you can't do nothing so what they told me when i came out of rehab they said you can't do nothing. you can't even be in a bar so my thing, I used to get like this super anxiety from just walking in a bar. It took years for me to be able to walk in there because that's what they said. They said, you know, you're good, but then you have the one shot. 
and then it's two, then it's three, then it's four. Now I'm doing a line. Now I'm eating a pill. But they're like, you would have never got to that if you didn't do the one shot. Yeah. So it's like there is no, there is no like, oh hey, just try a little. They can't do nothing. Once somebody's there, they can't do nothing. Yeah. Once you been exposed to this whether it be a family member or a friend i find myself educating myself and then looking back i go man i think i was enabling there a little bit and i now watching the people around this person mm-hmm. family and friends they think they're helping or they uh, they're coming and they like you said well they look normal now so now we're going to do this and it's like whoa major setback now and you gotta understand this person they're going to be a professional liar they're mm-hmm. going to be a professional manipulator they're going to be really good at making you feel like as if they can get away with what they want and and you know this thing like that this drug that really turns their mind uh, like around is they have a busy mind and so i would always tell my dad to like you know get on hobbies or like in rehab they would have him do little things like um make pot like little pots or whatever and it was good, but it's like, you know, maybe like a hobby or something to get their mind off of it. But it's just like you have to have a really, really strong support system they, if you want to help this person get off of this. Yeah, something that they told me, which was really crazy when I went into rehab, I said my, my biggest thing to even go in there was you're not going to put me on a pill and you're not going to give me a shot under any circumstance. And it was crazy because they, how did that work out for you? They, they fucking strapped me down. They 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 called you know, they they, they fucking shit, yeah. They, it now was, that sounds like an organ they, thing. They they, uh, <laughs> they fucking zoloft zoloft me. They go to sleep and, uh, night night. Yeah, so they zoloft me. But after all that, you know, I was telling all the counselors, I'm like, look, I am I I don't want to be on a pill. I don't want to be on nothing. So it was really interesting because this counselor I had, he said, okay, listen, I'm not gonna put you on nothing but you have to work out every single day. And it was crazy because I'm like, that that's kind of a nutty thing. But I realize now when I go through periods when I don't work out, I, I start say, to... It doesn't look like you've been working out. Yeah, no, it, it definitely <laughs> doesn't. But I start to feel depression. And then something that's really weird, you know, like I'm like, okay, did this person just say this to me? But then I just so happened to know another person, uh, which was a really famous person by the name of Britney Spears. <laughs> She was told not the same to mention thing. any names. She said she said that her counselor said if you don't want to be on a pill, work out, because I guess like the endorphins or whatever when you're working out, it puts it. It's just like medicating you, you know. And I mean, a lot of people go this medication route, and I'm just I wasn't for that at all. But that's just another drug. I mean, in, but in but I think I think, I think the working out thing though, it, it it's kind of two birds with one stone. It does the endorphins, but it's also giving you a hobby. Yeah. Because I tell her all the time when I'm in there working out, that's my only time during the day where I'm not thinking about shit. I'm just in there doing yeah. my thing. So it just feels like get away. Yeah, just yeah. like a little getaway. Because as you get older, you kind of run out of hobbies, you know, like right. and in Vegas. What's your hobby? Go to PTs and drink with Coolio. <laughs> I mean, like, what is so? This? Hey. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's not when you think about Vegas, like what are people's hobbies? You know, everything revolves around the casino. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> Shameless yeah. plug. Yeah. Out yeah. of nowhere. And if they don't do that, and I've, I've noticed this from what I've seen too, they go maybe more into the altar building or more in the psychosis or more into 
tearing things up. If yeah. they don't have that outlet, then that just goes extreme. They start talking in circles well, and they, rhyming. They and could also pick up some really like extreme hobbies. Like my dad got really into like uh, fire, like arson. <laughs> And he actually got arrested for arson, for arson charge. And that was like, I, I yeah. thought he like, he even when he got out of jail, he was like, oh, I'm never going back. And then, of course, he went back. I was at a house recently where the fire department showed up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think fire plays a fire definitely plays a role when people do that, that kind of stuff. But I mean, you really have to start watching them. Like, like the thing kids. is, the thing that I've learned, you know, like from the people that I know, I basically separated myself because it's just a bad energy. Like, so that's why they say, you know, when it's your kid or something, everybody's like, oh, why did you just everybody turn their back on their uncle? That's a crackhead. Well, it's because when you it, it's almost like they're sucking you in. So even though you're not, you're feeling that energy. And I'm like, I try very hard to stay away from that, uh, that energy. Doma, how did your mom do it with, like, b between being the caregiver, the cook, the the wife? I mean, how do you play all those roles? I mean, oh, he broke her. He, my, he broke my mom mentally that if it wasn't for us, like, her kids, like, we were pushing our mom to, like, you know, she had to get her life together. And um, my mom's very, very strong. Um, you know, she's my mom's in the military too and she just had to continue and um when it just came to the point where you know my dad actually had an affair on her my mom was just like fuck this like what the fuck am i doing i you know you're bringing me down i brought you to rehab you're getting my cars repoed you know putting me through bankruptcy doing all the stupid shit and then you do something like that my mom no question was just like i'm out it's almost like a manipulation they can actually make you think you're the you're the problem oh yeah you oh yeah or he, you're you're bad for trying when to my, when my mom would go to work my dad would try to make her feel bad because that as if she was having an affair with somebody at work but it's like she had kids to raise and that's even harder like way harder yeah so but, to answer um, your question on that is having no, a actually kid a i will <laughs> answer i will answer you know the thing is is that um this dealing with a husband or a partner who has this drug addiction it's extremely hard and if you're not willing to be resilient and get broken down i would just say fucking Set that ultimatum because it's not worth it. It's such a catch twenty two because, like you said, everybody starts leaving, like friends and family. Exactly. They, and then, but yet you need a support group because it's too much for her. So then, what's the answer? Most people, they end up in jail. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just have to let what have you have to let the nature take its course because the more like you, you as a person, you know, you're you trying to stop it or the next person. It's not. It's just bringing you involved into this shit that's going to drive you as crazy. Yeah. That's the thing, too, is sometimes the, the stuff the family or the friends or that support group is trying to stop could be the stuff that could fix it. You know, maybe, some, you know, sometimes you have to let them go to jail. You when, have to let when them my dad went to jail, everybody in the family just, like, did side eye. Like, my, my you know, my brother and my sister were, like, completely done. My mom was done. My mom was done, but she had, like, a restraining order on my dad. And so I know that my mom was, like, talking to me, but I actually went there. Like, I went there because I was like, you know what? Maybe if I show him that he has somebody, 
caring for him. I wrote letters. I sent money. I sent commissary. I did all that shit. You know what he did? Right back to it. It didn't matter. I mean, you know, for the time, he appreciated it. But then once he got out, I mean, my dad was even, like, really shell-shocked. He was like, oh, I'm not. I'm really not going back to jail. And then all it took was finding this, you know, some guy, Circle K or some whatever. I even took him out of state. It still didn't matter. And, you know, that drug is really easy to get to. What I noticed, too, is, like, you want this activity, this outlet, but then you do take them out in the public and they're looking at the sun or they're doing weird things in the trash well, can. They're not They're not interested in what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Their mind is somewhere else, even though that they're with you. Their mind is still, where their am I Their mind get is shit? obsessed with that yeah. high. But I think on that note, we need to leave it. I, I've been looking at James the whole time, just trying to change the the vibe and i'm like I, what, I, what's, I, what's your favorite yeah, whatever color? the party i want to get to hey. i was like what I'm, i, I want to know what super um, james's favorite color is real quick because that's all I've that's been... super po- it's green actually it's well green? i actually you know on that note let's yeah. make it better you know um there's hope uh it's it's gonna be a very long road but if you're willing to take the road and you love this person and you care about this person and you want to see what's best Try and be there. Even when they fucked up, like, like, just keep going. But understand, don't let them bring you down. Don't let them take you down to that level. Just, you know. And if you're a friend, a family member. Friend, family member. I mean, you know, you can be family without being, you know, phys- you know, an actual blood family. But um, it- it's really up to you how much you love this person. Yeah. But just understand, it's gonna be a hard road. But go through that journey with them. And, well, I think you know. if you're, I think if you're at ends with it, like I said, I I know somebody, and I've I've held back for a long time. But it's like it's one of those things you gotta you gotta tell that person how you feel, and you gotta go. And you gotta there take no, them there to no a professionals. You need to take them to professionals that can help. Yeah, and it sounds ridiculous because everybody that's like a nightmare. For somebody to be partying and then their friend tell you like, hey, I think you should go, go to, talk to someone or go like see you someone. should go whatever. You're like, yeah. what? Like, are we really having this? Nah. But <laughs> when you do that, I, I feel like when you do that ultimatum, like if you truly care about somebody, you just got to have that conversation. But you definitely have to be ready to walk family members. It's a little different because you are kind of responsible. But an outside friend. I think the only thing you can do is tell that person how you feel, and it's. Well, you gotta either... expect them to guilt you too. Like they're gonna, oh, like yeah. you said, they're gonna oh, make you be the bad person. Gonna... They're like, you know, that that's just. It, it's, and to them, it, it may be the reality is like, but like they, don't, they don't care about me because they're trying to get me to do this. Like, yeah, well, you at kinda, the time though, you kind of need to manipulate them and make them feel like you um, don't care about them. But in the end, they will eventually learn. If they want, if they want that help, if they want to get better, but you know, it's a long road. It really is up to that person. Um, you know, I, even though my dad was fucking in and out, fucking me over, I just, I just hung in there because that's, that's what I do as, as a, that's as a, a kid. Yeah, I, that's the family I'm his, aspect. I'm his daughter, so it's a little different from when it's friends. You know, those people really have to understand. And, and really, when, when this problem arises, it, you will really see who your real friends are. So, um, you know, this is a choice that you guys need to make. Yeah. So, 
What, what's your favorite color, Jimmy? <laughs> hey, back to the party <laughs> I walked into. One thing about the Jake Paul thing, I did. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. Lighten it up. Okay, okay. Back to jokes. I wanted to add to that. So, you know, you know Ben Askren predicted that it's going to be, he'll knock him out in the seventh round. So even Ben Askren thinks Jake Paul can last seven rounds. That was his prediction. The, the I thing, like how the, Ben Askren's I, ready to get hey, knocked out. I'm going <laughs> to say this over and over. I mean, that even when Dana White, when he said, I'll put a up a million dollars, dollars yeah. that Zab Judah, and like I said, I always wonder, like, are these guys just milking off Jake Paul and them because they're washed up boxers? <laughs> but I'm like, they were like, no, even Mike Tyson, you could see it on his face. He was like, he wouldn't do it. He can fight. No, he was saying like Jake Paul. Can I think fight. they just see the athletic side it, of it, and, and yeah, that's the, really what the, it's the, endurance. The, it's the, endurance. The thing is, and I always said like with Jake Paul, he's that young. You know, everybody remembers being young, and it's like I'll fight anybody. Now you got that mixed with he's got money, mixed with he's got the connections, mixed with he's got the trainers. Now he's fighting a guy who is known for only wrestling. Now, if he does, if he sweeps that out, it's going to be a super bad look for the UFC yeah, because yeah. now it's going to be like he just beat up a UFC guy. <laughs> like Ben Askren was the worst guy you could put forward. Yeah. But from what to represent the whole, yeah, like right. the whole league. But, but from what Ben's saying, you know, he's saying I've taken punches from the baddest guys in the world, which is true. You know, he did fight and the Robbie Law. Yeah, he's he's taken them, but I'm just like. Very bad representation of the UFC and boxing is different. And it's the same thing. Right. You know, boxing keeps getting this hype. Put a boxer in there and have him do MMA. Yeah. One leg, one leg yeah. kick, they're going to look like a fucking idiot on TV. Mm -hmm. But they're never going to do that. So now boxers still gloat because that one specific thing. Dude, boxing is boxing. Like, I didn't, I thought, hey, you know, if you're a street fighter versus a boxer, that's fine. It, it's totally different. So, right? true. How do you bet that? Yeah, Fight the sports book. What's, what's the yep. bet? Yep. I don't even. Yeah, I, I'm not a. I'm not a gambling person. <laughs> hey, I'm not, <laughs> don't I'm talk not, to me. I'm not a gambler, anyways. But I don't. What What is the odds? Does anybody I even mean, know what the odds are? I would We're not there I, like yet. honestly though. What I would say, and this is just off. Who's your money on? Jake, yeah, Jake Paul Jake, will win. That's uh, they just gotta pick one. You don't have to. You don't have to. Jake Paul yeah, run. We're gonna get all technical with it. No, A B. You might even get some odds on that. Here's here's the reason. He's he's athletic, he's got the best trainers. He's, he's dead, hungry. He's dead fucking serious. You know Ben Askren. Uh, you know, like I said, it's not that I don't he's think got something to prove. Well, I, I don't think he cares. Okay. Look at the, what's the so oh. I don't I don't understand the minus and pluses. So what does that mean on a Jake Paul minus one fifty five? What does that mean? So Jake Paul's favorite. So you bet one hundred fifty five dollars or win a hundred, and on Ben Askren, you bet a. $105 to win 100 Did I do it backwards? Did I get that right? I, don't, I never I think understand the minus what favorite. these are. So who are they saying? Is a, who are they saying? So Jake's favorite. favorite then. Jake's favorite. Yeah. And, and, the re sense. and the reason being, it's, it's the same thing as when he fought the basketball player. Young man, kind of a retired from the mm -hmm. sport. It, it's a whole different ball game. And so I just think, I don't know. So you got Jake though. Well, see. I got Jake Paul. Who you got, Domo? Thing is, you got to bet 155 to 100, so odds are I'm just going to say Ben Askren to be opposite of everybody. Just, Listen, just after, after taking table. that knee after <laughs> taking that knee from Masvidal, yeah. I can't ever look at <laughs> I know, that, right? Uh, Actually, ben Askren. I'm going to have to she's get Paul. She's changing. Not, yeah. you gotta, no, not, wait, hold You already submitted I'm your bet. A, I'm not a gambling person, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> hey, ben, Masvidal was like, hey, I know he's a wrestler. I'm going to make him shoot on me, and look what happened. Bam. 
Anyways, well, thank let's, you yeah. so much, yes. Jimmy, for appreciate your in. time and uh, checking in with us. Make sure you guys follow us at Green Room Radio on all social media, thegreenroomradio.com. How can they find and you? How Domo? can they find you? Oh, Uncle Jimmy two oh nine on Instagram. There he is. All right, I'm I'm Domo Monster Seven on and IG. I am True Management one word on IG. T-R-U. Peace out. Peace out. Motherfucker. Thank you guys.